Welcome to day three of the I Am Talk 2004 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Team, welcome along to day three of the I Am Talk Kona Super Specials for 2014 with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you go, mate? Pretty good, and you? Well, I have to say, there's a different energy in the room today. Yeah. First of all, you need to stop running around the house. Yeah, I was practicing my, my gel placement and my swanky little uh-huh. uh, fuel belt. Yeah, I thought Absolutely. you probably could have gone on the driveway. Could have, yeah. But, but running up and down the, this very small lounge, it seems slightly odd, but hey. Am I to judge? Check. Seven gels on board. About that's even with seven gels on board. That's uh, sitting quite nicely. The uh, the uh, you know you, you're doing your prep now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thursday, get it all laid out. Make sure I haven't forgotten anything. Got my race plan. Pull that out. Are you are you kind of? I know you're quite an organised character. So do you have a tick system? I haven't got a tick system, but I have a checklist. Uh, so it's basically the same. What's the difference between a tick system and a checklist? I don't tick it. Oh. Uh. I check it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. So I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, Jombo, mm-hmm. the I Am Talk Kona Super Special is proudly brought to you by Endurance Sport Travel. I'll tell you what, team. Just get on it. Lava Java. It was too busy last night, wasn't it, John? We, went to, we, went, we went to have our meal with the fillinator. There was a queue outside. I'm booking tonight. It was so busy. It was unbelievable. Yeah. We had to go get some Thai. Mm. So, Lava Java, they rock. And our regular sponsors, Extreme Endurance. For your lactic buffer. I don't know how to take mine this morning. Better get on it. Was uh, it not on your checklist? It wasn't on my checklist. Uh, if I had a tick list, I might have taken see? it. Yeah. Uh, Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And Coffees of Hawaii. The best place in the world, especially if you're in Hawaii, to get some coffee. Well, Jombo, uh, interesting day yesterday. We had the Equathon, and uh, one of the highlights of the Equathon was Nicolanis's post. Yes, so we have made it officially. He did a tweet saying, I think something's wrong here. I saw some people running up and down the Lee Drive. That's a bit Indian, isn't it? Not, not really Spanish. Yeah, that was, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was very Spanish at all. But he put a tweet out saying, wondering what the hell was going on, people running up and down the Lee Drive. And I can guarantee it was actually me he saw. Yeah, I sent yeah. a reply. And, oh, uh, did you reply to you? Yeah, and then he said, ah, so I wasn't dehydrated <laughs> and uh, seeing things. So we have made it when one of the – he's a guy that we haven't really talked about. No, and uh, <laughs> he is a potential winner. And he's right on the radar, isn't he? Last year, you know, he had a sensational year last year. Did I, he win I, Germany last year? Was it? He just won everything he last had a year. Big year last year, uh, and then he didn't do much here. Whereas this year, I can't off the top of my head. I can't recall his results, but they've been, I think they've been okay. But he's somebody that could. But that's quite the thing about this year's race, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it's all over the place, Jumbo. Um, any other highlights from yesterday that we need to talk about? Are there things uh, we need to talk about? I think we talked about them on the show. What do we do? No, we've had 24 hours. We've had 24 hours. It was nice going to the the, the, the Uplace team uh, oh, yeah. lunch. You'll find out more about that during the show, but just got to give them the old thumbs up because they're doing things properly. And for, I know we're kind of quasi-media, but we, you know, for us to be able to turn up, and yeah, so what they do, they put, put on a media, a more or less a media lunch, Easy for their athletes. All the athletes turn up. They say, right, it's going to be two hours and it's a meet and greet. Rather than having 15 interviews during the week, they go, boom, 
bang it all out in one go and uh, and they can sit down and relax and catch up as well and it was a good spread of food. As I've done all week, just been eating a little bit too much. Yeah, I was going to say, I had one plate, controlled. Yeah. Although I'm not exercising this weekend, so I'm making sure I'm not putting on any weight. But John Newsom, he was he was living it up, weren't you? Yeah, it was quite... We, we were in a bit of a dilemma, weren't we, John? Because we did the first interview. Who was the first interview? Uh, Corin Abraham. Corin Abraham, she was lovely. And then we go, well, why don't we get Duke Bockle? And uh, and then they said, yeah, get some food. And so we got some food and we got our plates ready and had a first bite, didn't we? And it was tasting mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Duke turns up. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, you can't really eat while you're interviewing. <laughs> I gave it a try. I did have a cheeky cheeky mouthful here and there. <laughs> so Duke Bockle, yeah, he was very patient with us. He was very patient. Um, so today's show, guys. So what's going to be happening in today's show? We've got a few interviews. Jumbo, who are they? We have a short catch-up with Belinda Granger that I did at the SIPO um, athlete get-together. And then we have Corinne Abraham, and I think I've consistently called her Corinne Abraham, but as we find out, it is Corinne Abraham. And then also a couple of the other guys from New Place, uh, Liz Blatchford, have a short chat with her. And then also Bart, who is the team owner of New Place, and that was an interesting It was a really, really good conversation. Eh? We'll, mm. we'll maybe talk a little bit about that post you guys hearing to it at the end of the show but it was very interesting very very wealthy man and uh doing some pretty important things for our sport and uh hopefully you know guys like him can have a big influence Terenzo Bozzoni and then finally Caroline Stefan and then Dave and I went down to the expo yesterday and mm-hmm. uh didn't get much swag really no we didn't get although we weren't pushing for the swag yeah I got myself some earbuds and that's mm-hmm. all I wanted mm-hmm. it was all, yeah I had one objective was to get some earbuds yeah and I managed to get some of those and uh, I was pretty impressed I have to say pretty impressed with the sales reps yeah well no that's not fair to say some sales reps I was very impressed with yeah some we've experienced that before <laughs> The, the most disappointing one, and you'll hear this, is got chocolate milk. Yeah. Now, if if you've got a campaign that says got chocolate milk, John, at the at your at your display area, what do yeah. you need? Chocolate milk. They had no chocolate milk. <laughs> they got chocolate milk. Didn't have chocolate milk. Yeah. Not, not at all. They, it wasn't even there at any stage. Crazy. To me, disappointing. Poor market. Now handing out stuff. Who cares about? That? I want milk. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. And uh, so there you go. So we will put on kind of the bits of Dave and I kind of working through the expo throughout the whole show uh, through in between the interviews. So here's the interview, guys. We'll get straight into it. And John, I'll be back at the end. We have uh, somebody who has got sexy some socks. Se- sexy socks, but uh, yeah. has some new race equipment with her. She's a, f- a multiple Ironman winner, multiple winner of races all around the world, one of the fastest females in the field, and also has got some fancy new footwear. Her name's Caroline Stephen, so welcome along, Caroline. Thanks for having me. What, wait, wait, fill wait. us in on the site, the, the, new, the, new, the new footwear. <laughs> My new footwear. Yeah, just... Um Got some presents from Switzerland and <laughs> my uh, moccasins and my um, godmother sent me some. They're like the knitted moccasins. Yeah. 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 There's Pretty a ma- fancy. There's, there's a market there. I was even got something written at the bottom. It's <laughs> definitely keep me warm. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs compression socks when you've got those things, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. And we've got, also got the next piece of gear, the new Cervelo. Yeah, tell us about your new Cervelo. Yeah, it's a beauty, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty red. Yeah. Uh, the Swiss, uh, the Swiss, Swiss cross. Swiss cross at the front and back, and uh, my name is on it as well, and my logo, the Cena logo on the top too. Oh, let me have a look. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. 
<laughs> and also uh, follow your dreams that's on the top with some um, arrows forward uh, which will bring me to the finish line cool so you had a um a pretty good year you know the results we've seen coming through have been solid and then i was pretty impressed with your your 70.3 sunshine coast recently so how you're sort of all feeling yeah i'm feeling good i'm very happy with that year and uh, i made another year without any injuries or niggles or uh sickness so that's a that's a big plus i think mm. not not everyone can say that um yeah and uh, all the result i mean i started uh with a decent uh Ironman in in Melbourne wasn't really fast, but I still was the fastest of all the mm. all the slow ones. <laughs> yeah. Fast enough to grab the win, which was uh, four thousand points, and I uh, was very really happy with that. Qualified for Kona early, and I uh, was able to do whatever I want the whole year. And uh, went over to Europe, had a good couple of good races there, good race in the Philippines, and uh, yeah, very happy with the Sunshine Coast half. Of course, that was home race for me, and kind of really important. Um, to have a good result and especially grab the win in front of the home crowd. How important has this year been? You know, like you, you, you're someone who has a lot of confidence in your ability, but you know, last year was a bit of a tough year for you, or kind of from kind of forward the year before that. You know, how important was it just for your own confidence to have a good, successful year again? Oh, that was that was really really important. I mean, I, I had a couple of changes uh, after that kind of disaster last year, end of end of last year. Everything changed. I mean, in November I was staying here without any, without any coach, any team, and any sponsor, and going from pretty much zero mm. back to the to the top. Um, I'm really pleased with that, and just uh, the work with with Chris McCormick, my coach. It's just a, uh, it's just amazing uh, how good how good we're going along, and uh, how how great how great we can uh, work together. And yeah, it's really important just to be to be back at the top and get confidence back and being uh being happy with where i am at the moment what's the difference between chris and um and brett sutton because brett's obviously got his ways and you were incredibly successful under him and i'd imagine chris's approach is very different in terms of his personal skills but also how different are the training sessions that you do uh to be honest i don't really like to compare Mm. uh when i started with chris i was like pretty much just absolutely free free of what what happened or what what was happening the last last year and uh, i didn't want to start with chris and always saying but mm-hmm. the year before i did i did this and this way so i was absolutely open for trying new things and going going a new way so when people ask me about what's the different i don't really i don't really want to compare because that's not that's not the way i, I choose to go so i'm just um i was totally open open-minded and just for fresh start, I, I was very happy just to start all over again. And what, what, what about working with Chris? Seems to um, you know really click with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a he's a bloody legend. I mean, yeah. have a look how, how how great he did, how many all the races he won, and definitely yeah, the two wins in Kona. And uh, he was the kind of person I was looking for. Um, uh, I look for someone who's not a typical coach. I was looking more for a like athlete to athlete relationship, not coach athlete relationship. I was looking for someone who gives me this this kind of a um, little bit extra on the top, which I think I got it from Chris. Mm. 
So, yeah, I reckon. And we have a kind of a bit the same way how we got to triathlon and being a professional and, yeah. Um, and you've spent a bit of time at Tanyapura? Yeah, I spent all August in Tanyapura mm-hmm. uh, for four weeks and it's bloody hot over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I got here like a week ago, I was landing in Hawaii, I was like, oh, I'll get the jumper out, it's pretty, yeah. pretty chilly here. No, I figured it was awesome, I like that place and Tanyapura is just awesome. Yeah awesome place to to train and you pretty much just train eat and sleep and there's nothing else you can do and Mm. i was over there 2013 for one month and i really absolutely just loved the place and went back this year and was able to train with chris uh, every day and that's just a massive plus and you know you and david are a couple and so david obviously isn't here this year kind of had a rough year through injury and you know to kind of go his way how do you guys manage the, you know, you're doing well, he's not doing well, you know, you know, moments. And last year he did quite well and you were kind of, you know, so how do you guys manage that in a relationship? Well, we always try to keep it kind of separate, like our privacy relationship and what what happened in, I mean, the sport, that's our job. And mm. of course it's not easy, but I try to support him mm. whenever I can. And he's, uh, yeah, sadly he's injured again. He, he gets injured really quick where I'm, just like a rock solid Swiss <laughs> Swiss chick never gets injured and if I get injured like two days later yeah I'm back it's, it's gone I, I ran through the little niggle I had where other people just struggle for months and months I'm mm-hmm. I think touching wood but just very happy happy one with that but um, of course it's not it's not easy to Swiss Miss is running around 24-7 and he's mm. he's injured quite a lot. But he had an amazing race in Melbourne, Melbourne. this year. Yeah, yeah. I was going to uh, ask you about that. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody in contention in a race be so out of it. Uh, <laughs> See, the, the, the aerial shots were fantastic because he was running along and he was zigzagging all over the place. He was still in the lead and he is just... He was in La La Land. He was turning himself inside oh, out. Yeah. He he was, I don't know, but that's just David. He's the toughest athlete I ever saw on this planet. He's just, I'm glad I don't have to race him because <laughs> when he's in shape, when he's ready to go, he's like, he's just going for it and whatever it costs, even he has to crawl over the finish line, he's just... Yeah. He's he's really really tough competitor. So I was when I people told me Davis in the lead where I was in the lead, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We maybe both can can win. And yeah. I mean, that that would be that would be just absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Probably first time ever in Ironman yeah. history, yeah. a couple wins, uh, yeah. one of the biggest races. And yeah, and then he got a tiny bit uh, lost a bit time the last but mm. still to finish top three after uh, he got really bad sick last year mm. uh, yeah so I was very happy to see him back and I really hope he's uh, back racing soon so you, you know you've been to Kona how many times have you been to Kona now? that's my fifth time as a pro and okay. yep. uh, six time total I did 2006 as an age group so um you know you, you're quite experienced at the race now you know you've you know, obviously this is still the one you want to crack to get the win has the way you approach race week changed you know the more you've done it or has it pretty much stayed the same um i tried to stay a bit more away of all this craziness <laughs> <laughs> yeah as you said you're doing uh, an interview <laughs> yeah. yeah and it just 
like try to do less interviews and if I do interviews I try to get the people at my place and yeah. where yeah. you can just sit down they're and really have nice a drink people and who you can interview yeah <laughs> not everyone not everyone <laughs> only the cool people <laughs> only the really cool and uh, <laughs> yeah no and um, uh, yeah but otherwise it just no it's pretty much the same I just try to relax a bit more this year and uh, stay away off and uh, yeah so what's your what's your race day um, routine? You know, in terms of the race for you guys is starting at six thirty-five, I think yeah. it is. What time do you sort of get up, and what do you what do you do on race morning before you get to the race? Um, usually get up at four o'clock, mm-hmm. and then uh, it always takes me maybe an hour to get ready to go. And I like to be at transition now before the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just perfect time to set up my bike and go for toilet and mm. do a warm-up and get ready uh if i'm too early there i start to get really nervous but if i'm an hour before the race there i don't have any time to get too nervous so mm. that that works pretty well uh breakfast always the same and yeah i try to keep like if it's a tiny little small race or if it's uh, whatever I try to keep keep it the same same routine yeah do you struggle to sleep the night before um <coughs> sometimes I do but I definitely sleep better when Dave is racing as well oh, mm-hmm. okay. yep. so it's kind of you have someone around you who has the same <laughs> yep. pressure on <laughs> it's a bit nervous as well so that makes it easier yeah a, a few years ago we were interviewing Jordan Repster and uh, or Jordan Rep, the Rep yeah. star, and yeah. uh, and he was kind of talking about how for him, little things like you know, the colour of his bike and you know the way the way he presents himself in the race and all those types of things were actually little things that made him feel good about himself come race day. Do you have any kind of quirks, uh, you know, little kind of things that you do that maybe just kind of that keep you in a good place? That's a part of your routine. Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> that's a very new question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because I love uh, look, look at your bike. It is so personalised, and you know. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's um, I definitely like to uh, to look good on a course, like yeah. um, keep everything in the same colour, or yeah, I definitely try to get race with new shoes. Yeah, that's maybe the thing. I always uh, race with new shoes. Do you really? Yeah, I always. Uh, really. Um, I used the shoes the day before the race, the first time. Uh, have a little run. Really. And I use the race socks the day before. And yeah. then use those socks in the race. So wow. when I start to race in the run, they always a bit sweaty from the day before. Yeah. And it's, it's just so you feel like you've got new shoes and it's kind of a cool thing? Uh, actually, I think they give me more... Um, uh, give. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the socks, it's easy to get in when I used them before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you wash them, put them maybe in the dryer yeah, yeah. as well, they get a tiny bit small. Yeah, yeah. But when you use them once, they're getting big again so when I used them the day before and I put them in shoes then in T2 I get in a tiny bit quicker yeah yeah. not too stinky doesn't matter by that stage oh, it doesn't really matter that stage you, stink, you can look yeah, good anyway. but you don't smell good yeah. yeah that's maybe the thing I like to race in uh, new shoes just when the day before and uh, use socks Yeah. apparently I don't know if this is true but apparently Michael Jordan played in new shoes every game in his career Really? Yeah, yeah, because he just like that feeling of new shoes. So every game you play, I don't know if it's true, it might be a new myth, but yeah. I think he could probably afford it. Well, maybe. And what's, if you're having a tough moment in the race, um, you know, say you're either on the run, you're coming out of the energy lab, or you're just having a shitty moment on the, the bike ride where you're just losing a bit of power, 
What do you? What sort of skills do you use to try to get That's yourself? That's never happened. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> you always feel 100%. Always. Yeah. I know that's not true because I saw you a few years ago and you were struggling. Growing up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw you at that moment and you're like, oh my God, I don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that was last year, like 500 meters yeah. in a run and I stopped and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that today. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, what was the question? So, so anything you do in terms of uh, try, trying to keep yourself on track when you're not feeling 100%, but you know you've got to keep pushing? Um, yeah, I, I try to figure out how I can make me f- myself feel better, mm. kind yeah. of. Like, oh, okay, I feel shit, what, what can I do right here, right now to make me to feel a tiny bit better? Yeah. And then from there, you just go step by step. You say, okay, next aid station, you get something in. And I don't know, I'm just not the person who likes to pull out mm. because mm. I know like a half an hour later, you're going to uh, regret yeah. regret to, mm. to pull out and... I had to pull out twice, but that was pretty much like I got pulled out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't through giving up. What, what you know, like the female field nowadays is so strong. You know, like it really is. There's really great pro females out there. What, what, what kind of? How do you approach the race? You know, what kind of game plan? Like, how do you start to think about the race? You obviously don't want to show us everything you're gonna do, but you know, like, <laughs> um, tell us everything now. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it, it's it's such a strong field for, no, for females, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's yeah. uh, it's like a, it's growing like the the, the female pro field. It's it, it's growing every year. Mm. We're getting stronger and the, swim, the swimmers getting faster, and we get more good swimmers in and uh, more good bike riders as well. And it's just incredible how much how much the females improved the last couple of years. When you have a look back last year and like two years before, it's just totally different racing now. And mm. I, I think. Uh, what I, what I did with Chris this year in training, I, I got I got myself ready for this new kind of racing. So, fingers crossed, we hope that that helps. It's been interesting. We've been doing a show for about eight years, and, and when we first came on, there hadn't been any growth in female racing for a long time. You know, and it was really since Paulo there'd been this big kind of neglect, well, not neglect, but no growth. And then in the last kind of six years, yeah. female racing has just gone from strength to, whereas the guys nowadays, you know, you've had some... Oh, they're you, boring. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. She said it, not you us. Thought it. She, she said it. Well, it's just, it doesn't seem to do the same level of growth in the male racing. Maybe it's just because Christy did set a higher standard and everyone's known to chase that, maybe. Mm. But like, it's, it's hard to know. It is. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite part of the course? The finish line. <laughs> right. What's your second favourite part of the course? <laughs> Um, oh, that's a Palani Road. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, some people love, I don't know. I, What's yours, John? Well, What's I'll, yours? I'm looking for, there's two parts I'm looking forward to is uh, coming out of Kauai High, doing the climb out of Kauai High, and then coming out of the Energy Lab and hopefully dropping the hammer. No, in your home. Hopefully, best plan. Yeah. So I think yeah. Those it's a good feeling plans. when you're out of the energy lab. Once you're at the top, mm. you get this aid station. You think, okay, now I'm on the way home. That's yeah. actually a pretty good and feeling. Slightly down, you know, you go yeah. down to yeah. 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 If people want to follow you, are you much of a uh, Twitterer or she anything like that? She was very Instagramming as we were talking to her. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Instagrammer. Instagrammer. Oh yeah. Okay. So how Twitter. do people, how do people follow you on that handles and stuff like that? Uh, Caroline underline Cena. Cool. Okay. Twitter and Instagram. Who, who gave you Zena? Who, who came up with the nickname? That was Brett Sutton. Oh, was it? Yeah. Was it, uh, yeah. It's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mess with you, you know. Do <laughs> <laughs> so, um, post Kona. What 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 do you do post Kona for you? Like, rest of the year, do you take some time off completely, or? 
Um, now I'm going to race uh, Noosa, Noosa Triathlon oh, yeah, the yeah. first week in November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you down uh, for uh, Challenge Bahrain as well? Yeah, and I'm going to be yeah. racing Challenge Bahrain. Yeah. Thoughts on that race? Pardon? What are your thoughts on that race? Um, going to be interesting. Yeah. Going to be hot. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive field. I actually look forward to race uh, like that mix of short course and long course yeah. uh, kind of. Good one to win as well. Prize money's pretty good. Yeah, prize money's yeah, not yeah. too bad. <laughs> <It's that niche>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not sure how I am. Uh, how my fitness is in December. I usually have a big break and then uh, fat in December and start again to slowly <laughs> getting I can't, I can't imagine you ever fat. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. So I have to. Uh, yeah, probably just train through till December and then enjoy Christmas for once. What, what do you do in your downtime when you're not doing triathlon? I do whatever, just not, not, no sport. Yeah. Um, hang around at the beach. I mean, I live at Malula, but yeah, you just go for coffee at the beach and yeah, yeah. walk my dog and just chillax. Do something, maybe some gardening. Or I don't know. Just not, no not. sport. Definitely not. Oh, we're looking forward to that race on Sunday. I said, bloody hell, I keep saying it's Sunday. Sunday. He's going to turn I'm going to be racing on Sunday. Yeah, You're going to miss the race. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but no, I've said this to everybody. I'm fascinated by the women's race this year and uh, the potential for there being lots of different plots to the story is quite high. So really looking forward to seeing you out there. Yeah, and, good luck, um, Good luck. Keep some you. butt. Thanks, yeah. I will. Cool. <laughs> awesome, mate. Thank you. Hi, okay, team. So we're on a little here drive. We're just walking past Lava Java, a great place in the world. And uh, I've got Dave Dwan, Dr. Feelgood himself, next to me. And uh, the good news is we're going to go around the expo. John's, John's lazing around. Yes. And, uh, and, and so we've, I've got Dave, Dave next to me, and we're going to be rocking on out at the expo. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave, although lots of people know you on the show anyway. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, just turned 60, living the dream. Really? 60? I thought 21. 21. I feel 21. I act like 21. Someone said I should grow up. I thought, no, blow that. But uh, I just love life. Uh, life's good. Just come off Epic Camp Canada, screwed across here, doing Kona. And I see these guys. Here's the guys, a Scotsman in the bloody pom from Epic Camp. Oh, here we go. Look at it. And uh, just having a good old time. Here we go. You guys are just hanging around in the streets. That's a bit of a concern. Hey, those bloody poms. So if you've ever listened to any of the Epic Camp shows or any of the shows that have been around around John's camps, Dave is pretty much camp mother on all the camp stuff, so he spends a lot of time really coordinating everything behind the scenes. Like you are the clockwork, aren't you? Well, uh, now I am. I mean, initially I was just a, um, a grunt, but now with Johnny getting a bit more involved, he allows me to get up front and do the logistics and get stuff sorted out and solve a few problems and make sure everything's planned for the next day, get all the food, accommodation, and everything else we require done. And I guess too, I put out a few fires. Occasionally, things don't go quite the way we plan, so they need someone up there. And Johnny just says, "Oh, can you go and sort it?" And so I do. Yeah, and one thing, uh, you, you, if you ever get a chance to meet Doctor Feelgood, and it's such an appropriate name for Dave because this guy loves just kind of helping people. He's got such a good kind of attitude to life. But mate, how are you enjoying Kona? Oh, this is living the dream. Um, seriously, this is um, when I first came here a few years ago. I got off the plane, I landed, and I thought, "This is just perfect." This is the peace and tranquility and the feel of the island was just like really good so when I come back it's like coming home yeah, it's a pretty amazing week okay guys well you're going to hear from Dave and I over the next period of time we're going to be going around the expo and just kind of sharing some of the insights from the expo and maybe getting some free product as well Dave let's, let's, so. let's see how much we can get so Dave and I have just arrived at the, uh, the expo Dave the expo and uh, first thing we've seen is the Vive bed looks really relaxing doesn't it I wonder how this thing works should you test it out 
<laughs> Did you? You said to list off and tail. Uh, uh, yep, so the beard, so we've got a beard, and obviously it's going to re- rejuvenate athletes, I'm thinking, that's, that's the answer. If you're an athlete and you want to you get revived, you get sleep gel technology, that's what you got. We've got psycho, psychotry.com, and I imagine that's more technology stuff, and then we've got, or is this, or you want one of those, do you? The garage. This is for putting your bike on and doing all your servicing work or tuning up stuff. What's this price at, mate? 250. 250 bucks US. <laughs> you cash, right? <laughs> Just kidding. So there you go. So we've got that. We've got, we've got, we've got melanoma research. Obviously, it's a pretty important place like Kona. We've got the big event. Look at this old photo here, mate. Look at this. Oh, it's all happening. So, yep, we're going around with them. We've got spa baths, ice baths. So this is trainingpeaks.com. Training Peaks boys. How are we going, team? What, what's the point of Training Peaks being here this week? Uh, to say thank you to all of our great users. Oh, I hear that, hear that. That's legendary. Say thank you. To say thank you to all of our great users who uh, have qualified here in Kona and to everybody, um, just how, congrats on a great season. So next, on Friday, I'm coming up to the house at 12 o'clock. I've got training peaks. I've got to get it working properly for me. I don't quite understand it. Someone's going to help me out. Yeah, that's right. We have uh, Dave Shell, who's head of our coach education, and he can... Uh, walk you through any sort of uh, issues you're having with your account can help you use it more efficiently, uh, make sure that uh, the data you want to see is what you're going to see. In December, there's a new gig coming out for coaches, a five-person, five-athlete plan for $19. Hey, do you work for this company? Because you've got great lead questions. $19, is that right? That, that is correct, yeah. For coaches, uh, for $19, you can coach uh, one premium athlete and four basic athletes. So for those new coaches just coming on board, $20. Are you, are you going to pay? Is this something you're not telling me here? It's, it's fantastic. It's the first, first, uh, first time in 10 years, I think, that we've made any change to our uh, coach uh, uh, pricing. And like you said, it's just an awesome value for coaches. Okay, more importantly... It's a long day in the, in the expo tent, let's be honest. You know, you, you, you did a good sales pitch, I'll give that to you. But, and, and so did my backup partner here. It sounds like you were talking to him earlier. What's it like being here? Because it's bloody hot, let's be honest. What, what's it like kind of being here all day? Um, well, actually, you'd need to ask Brian. I, thankfully, have only been here a couple of hours, and I am hot and sweating, and every time a breeze comes through, I enjoy those glorious seconds. Poor Brian has been here for... Four hours now. He's, he actually started to melt. You see that water on the ground? Yeah. At one point, I think he lost consciousness, and we did get some electrolytes into him, um, and now he's here in all smiles. I don't know if we should ask him. Any, he looks like he's going to tell us where to go if we ask him any questions. Yeah, he's, he's, look, at the, look, the body language is angry. So He's slightly surly. He's like, a, he's like an injured wolverine over there. <laughs> hey, you guys have a great time. Yeah, See you guys. Righty-ho, we are at, oh, actually, before we start, I'm going to make sure I get this pronunciation right of the team meeting we're at, or team press conference. Uh, our guest today is Corinne Abraham, hopefully I got that one right. Corin. Um, Corin, <laughs> bloody hell. Uh, Don't shocker. worry about it, it's fine, I'm not too precious about it. <laughs> um, so Corin is here, and she smoked it in Frankfurt this year, and 2013 she put in one of the most impressive performances from a, a relative newbie in uh, Ironman Melbourne where she absolutely crushed it oh, and uh, I was loving it. But before we start, the, what, how do, can you pronounce the name of the team we're at? It's pretty straightforward but I don't know if we get uh, it right. It's U Place. U Place. It is U Place. Yeah. It's U Place. No. It's U Place and they're a Belgian construction company. Very good. Oh, wow. yeah. And BMC are a they're Swiss or American bike company? They're a Swiss bike company. Uh, bicycle manufacturing company is what BMC stands for. So, yeah, they're based out of Switzerland and they're a Swiss company as well. They, they kept it pretty simple, didn't they? 
bicycle manufacturing company. That's exactly. Yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. It's all in the name. Yeah. Now, Bevan, we have to be careful today because uh, we're, on the edge. we're on we're on the edge, right? Uh, right. We're at Hugo's or Huggos, however they say it. Yep. Right on the edge here. But if you say anything mean to Corin. You might get a chop suey across the well, uh, was, was across like here. Fighter, are you? Former judo champion, I understand. Really? Yeah, I've not done a lot of fighting for quite a long time. So yeah, I did judo as a junior from about the age of six up to eighteen, and then mm-hmm. I went to uh, sort of up to national standard, and then I went to university and I started doing kung fu and kickboxing and well, tai, I didn't chi, know that part. tai chi, just <laughs> yeah, keeping it in balance, you know. Um, and yeah, then that was it for my martial arts days, and then I took up volleyball for a while. So. So what yeah. made you stop martial arts? Uh, it was it was club focused, so I was uh, I really enjoyed the club that I was in when I was at home in Wales, and then when I went to university, it's different clubs have quite different sort of uh, philosophies and training practices, and I just didn't find a club that I particularly enjoyed when I was at university, so yeah. just moved away, and I was ready to do something else, so I moved away from it and yeah started doing tried out kung fu and found a nice club, and they did kickboxing as well and tai chi, so. Yeah, just moved, just moved on. Yeah. Do, just, uh, I've never done any sort of martial arts in my life, but do some of the skills you learned there in terms of the concentration and what have you cross over quite nicely into triathlon? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I was when when you do judo, you get you get knocked down all the time. <laughs> like, I mean, you get thrown. I mean, that's what your training sessions are for. They're all about throwing and getting thrown. You're lying there flat on your back and you get up and you do it again. You get thrown again and again and you get up and you do it again. Yeah. Um, so with hindsight, certainly um, it's something that you learn that you can... It's not the end of the world if you lose a fight or if you get thrown or if you hit a stumbling block. You just you just get up and you just do it again. So every session is different. Every Some sessions are good, some sessions are bad, but you just do it again the next day. So certainly with hindsight, that's been really helpful. Can I ask, you know, like with fighting sports, you know, like this sport now is one of those sports that gets recognised as one of the harder sports. But fighting sports is this thing about, you know, someone else, you're getting something back at you as well. You know, there's violence mm-hmm. involved in a way that makes it quite scary, I imagine. What's the difference in the mental toughness between both games? Uh, well, certainly I would say that I've never felt that it's been violent when I've been doing martial arts. I know some people are maybe take a different approach, but yeah. certainly the clubs that I was in and the competitions that I were in were much more about control and it's more about uh, sort of specific placements of uh, particularly the throws and the grappling in judo um, and the kickboxing. Um, you have to be controlled. If you're not, then you're, you're out of the fight. You're, you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, certainly there's a, a large element of concentration that you have to that you have to learn, and it's a skill that you develop. Particularly if you're down in points and you need to need to sort of make a recovery, you need to come back um, in order to win the fight. And it's possible, yeah, of course, it's possible. So, certainly, again, that's a skill that you can carry through to Ironman. Where the, obviously, the fight time is different from uh, three, <laughs> three minutes to nine hours. Yeah. But certainly, that you know, it's not over till it's over is always um, something that you can apply to any race or any competition. So. Cool. So tell us about your rise to, to where you are now. Um, I understand 2010, you basically started as an age grouper and pretty much dominated the dojo from day one? Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. I uh, rocked up at Ironman Regensburg. I, don't get me wrong, I had trained. Yeah. Uh, it's not like I just turned up to do the race, but um, I didn't have a long history of doing short course triathlon or 70.3. I just I watched my boyfriend go and do Ironman Zurich and yeah. thought, oh, I quite like this kind of endurance triathlon not never heard of it before never seen it before um so signed up to do regensburg put in some training and uh, came third overall and first age grouper so quite rudely that qualified me for kona and i had no idea really that people sort of made it their life ambition they put years of training into qualifying and i just sort of qualified by (coughs) accident (laughs) (laughs) and did you come over and race or not 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, in 2010. Yeah. yeah so this is my second time here. Um, yeah. And There's age group. It, yes. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, it was good. It was. It was hot. It was. Uh, it, it. It put me out there. It put me uh, in some trouble on race yeah. day. Yeah. Um, I'm not serious trouble, but it. You know, it, it tests you, and it's uh, yeah, certainly tested me. So it was a good day. Did you finish up on the podium or anything like that? No, nothing dramatic like that. I think I. Uh, well, Bob Babbitt, when I spoke to him, said I came tenth. I didn't. Yeah. Realise I'd come tenth, but uh, yeah, it was apparently I came tenth. So <laughs> nice. Um, then you then you basically went straight into it in 2012 and 2011, 2012. You're racing pros. So mm-hmm. how hard a transition was that to actually? Were you trying to make a living out of it, or were you just racing in the pro category? Uh, yeah, both. I was certainly trying to make a living out of it. Um, it wasn't much of a living. In fact, it wasn't a living at all. I was going backwards financially. You're just on a slippery slope. Even though um, 2012, on paper, it looks like a decent year. I did I did well at Frankfurt. I did well at uh, Ironman Arizona. And I did well. Um, I did another race. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what it was. It was, it was a fairly successful year anyway, but, but in no way did it even come close to covering costs yeah. of, uh, of training and racing. Um, then 2013 was Melbourne so yeah. that I mean 2012 certainly turned a corner for me in terms of starting to get some results under my belt and starting to get some experience um, and then Melbourne was was off the back of that so again that was a great race um, in order to win that and is that the most amazing race you've had? Because I remember when we pulled the results from that race, I was like, who the hell is this? Never heard anything about you. And I know the swim was um, was cut in half that <laughs> yeah. year, which probably helped you. But you were 16 <gasps> minutes Gasp. in front of yeah. a world-class field, which was pretty staggering. Yeah, it was uh, certainly. I mean, you, you, you race the conditions on the day, and, and certainly having a shorter swim works to my advantage. I'm, I'm not going to sort of pretend otherwise. I certainly hope that my swim is continuing to improve since then. Um, but yeah, certainly I started the bike leg, and I think that um, I think Meredith Kessler and Yvonne van Vlerken and um, uh, Natasha Babman were, were up ahead of me somewhere, and I was uh, just just. Doing my doing my thing on the bike and getting some time splits, and I was coming back coming back towards them, and then oh Caroline Stefan as well, yep. um, and yeah, I just remember coming up behind somebody and, and coming up behind them really quickly and thinking oh okay well I'll just go straight past because they're obviously in trouble or so I went straight past and then I came up to Yvonne and Meredith and again I was just uh, my legs were just on fire so I yeah. just just went again went straight past and. And when you're in the front, it, I don't think it's a good time to start questioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all this, you know, can I sustain this? And certainly I felt great. So I just, just continued with the bike. And I have good confidence in my run. So, yeah, just, just kept it going really through the run stretch. So What was it like winning that race? Because, you know, that's now one of the significant races on the calendar. Mm-hmm. What was it like, you know, to win that race? Oh, it was great. I mean, you know, but I mean, from... You know, from coming off the bike all the way through the run, you know, I just believe that the, they're going to come back or anything can happen. So you just keep running, keep running, keep running all the way to the finish line. Um, and then just running up the finish line and, and, and afterwards, it was it was just really surreal because it, even though you hope that you'll be in the mix and you hope that you'll have a great day, you don't really think, or I certainly didn't really think that that, that would be the day that I would win an Ironman. Um, yeah. And so, but you just roll with it. <laughs> you, t- you take the good days and you just enjoy it for what it is. And yeah, don't don't sort of critique it too much and just go with it. When Chrissy first came on the scene, like that was a Chrissy-like performance. 
all of a sudden she came from nowhere and people start going, what's going on here? You know, Did you have any of those sort of questions about where she come from and what the hell is she doing? She hasn't got done her apprenticeship or anything like that? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, that was in 2013, so I'd already been racing pro 2011, 2012, um, and I obviously trained through 2010, so this was my fourth year of full-time mm. training, pretty much, so even though I hadn't made it onto people's radar, um, particularly in the in the US, where a lot of a lot of the media sort of is focused, um, even though I hadn't made it onto the radar as such, and I hadn't had a, a win, mm. um, I was still chalking up some, some fairly decent results, but yeah, just, I guess, have a fairly low profile, so... Mm. snuck in there and uh, yeah when I took the win it did seem like it come from nowhere but yeah there was four years of training that, that got me there so did you coach at all during that period or not I certainly um, I had I was coaching myself initially um, through 2010 and 2011 and then I started working with a guy called Bill Black in the UK and then he used to be Spencer uh, Smith's coach didn't you in the that's correct in the day? yes yeah. and he used to coach Judy Dibbons as yeah. well for a short while yeah um, and then started working with David Tilbury Davis um, who Fizz Farm coaching um, Kat Morrison is coached by his his business partner um, yeah. Phil Skiba um, so yeah, I've been working with him now, I think it's just maybe the third year. So cool. yeah. So, so why haven't you come to Kona earlier? Uh, so I, I did qualify in 2012, yeah. um, but it was a case of you have to come fifth in order to break even financially. And yeah. if you come fifth, there's not a lot of media, there's not a lot you can do for your sponsors um, yeah. in fifth position. It's great, it's a fantastic achievement, but it, financially and from a business perspective, it just didn't make any sense. Um, so so, so I made the decision to go and race Arizona on fresh legs um, and then to race through... Like, to. I did have some break, but it wasn't a huge break. But then to sort of carry on through to Melbourne, um, in, which was early season in March. So it was, was, was it was it tough? You know, like because obviously it was a wise business decision and, and all the rest of it. But, but emotionally, you're an athlete, and uh, and obviously you're, you know you believe in yourself and your ability, and you you see this race which you know we all dream of and all the rest of it. And maybe you don't have the traditional history of knowing the sport for a long time, but we all want to test ourselves on the hardest day. So was it tough to not go? In some ways, but to be honest, I think because I'd already raced here as an age grouper, I, I, I had an experience, and I not that I knew what it was about, but I, I, I'd been here, so I'd, I'd seen a little bit about it, and that made, that's, I think that certainly made it easier um, to, to not come and to make the decision to, from a more business-like perspective. Um, and I, I guess, like you say, I'm fairly confident in my abilities, so I was hopeful, I guess, that I would qualify the year after yeah. 2013 which I did and and for years to come and that I would be able to come and put on a stronger performance um, against the other girls here so yeah. in that point it, from that perspective it was yeah it was so it you was no feel you can win it now because if you didn't do you know like you're, she's, she's <laughs> on I like it um, after Melbourne you know fantastic result um, I don't recall your name popping up too much obviously this year you know you've won um, won Frankfurt and we've seen it popping up a little bit more. Maybe talk us through, I understand you had some injuries and so forth. Yeah, so Melbourne, obviously great race and it gave me enough points then to race in 2013. So I was full gas for the training. I was on fantastic form and then a typical story, just got injured. Yeah. Um, and then at the August cutoff, I had to email in and say, oh, I can't race. So, yeah. but my place did roll down to somebody else. So that was, that was good for them. Yeah. Um, You're so generous. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, 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 it's fine. Really, yeah, you take yeah, it. Yeah. It's okay. I didn't want to go anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you, you just, you just throw a six, start again and get, get back on the, get back yeah. on the wagon. It took me, I had a broken sacrum and it took me 
it was pretty much six months off of nothing um, just physio work Um, and then January this year I was running for 10 minutes Um, so it's been uphill to even be ready for Lanzarote um, one of the toughest races on the calendar but in terms of the timing of it and the location of it being in Europe um, that was why I chose to race there and just to get on the points wagon so it was Lanzarote or Texas Um, and was it Van Lanzarote? Is that March? Yeah, yeah. Uh, April, April, May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean that was literally the earliest that I could get my body in in shape, strong mm. enough to to race. So so even though I wasn't in great shape, it was a case of going and getting on the points, getting on the points wagon, and then of course out of Lanzarote straight into Frankfurt. I think there was an eight week, seven week turnaround. Mm. Um, so so yeah, again just straight back on that escalator of. of work to get ready for Frankfurt. Frankfurt obviously went really well, um, but now I've got Kona on the horizon, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm then just, yeah, just, just straight through to Kona, so it's it's been a tough year, but but one that's had, you know, good rewards. So yeah. I mean, and you're almost a bloody local here, you've been here so long. Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of like the island, I'm liking yeah. it here, definitely. Yeah, not too bad, yeah. is it? Yeah. It's not too bad at all now, I feel very comfortable. You did an uh, interesting post the other day, my um, mate Phil read it, uh, about the Gremlins, maybe tell us about the Gremlins and the, uh, I remember reading it's, it's gone off goblins, gremlins, goblins and, uh, and donkeys and yeah. the dolphins and all sorts yeah I think um, sometimes you shouldn't share too much on your <laughs> blog um, but basically I mean everybody has their everybody has their gremlins everybody has the little things that crop up and uh, you know the moments of doubt or the things that tell you not to do something or you know, some people call it fear or you know and, and for me I, I have these sort of recurring gremlins that say oh just just you're tired why don't you stay in bed oh you need the rest um, but actually I know what I need is to get out and go training and some, there are days when I, I do scratch the training and stay in bed and rest don't get me wrong um, but yeah it's just understanding that where you've got those little little voices in your head that says just stop just slow down just take it easy because it's nicer um, yeah just to try and overcome those um, oh ninjas was the other one so then yeah. I have my ninjas that combat the gremlins oh, nice. and, and say look you know, go back in your cave. Yeah. Go back in your cave, little gremlin. Um, we're out here to do a good training session. We're out here to hit some times, hit some watts, and uh, yeah, have a good day. So yeah. So how are you it's, feeling for the weekend? It's like good cop, bad cop in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. I mean, cautiously optimistic. I mean, touch wood and all that kind of stuff. So I've had yeah, I've been here for a while. So like I say, I really, really enjoyed the island, and yeah, I've had a really nice, consistent build up. So. I've got no excuses for, in terms of my training. I'm injury-free. I've had some great support from, you know, my coaches and the team and um, the people I've been staying with on the island. Everything's been really good. So I'm cautiously optimistic for a good race. What's the day likely to unfold for you? Because chances are you're probably not going to make the front swim group. Um. <gasps> Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> just tell me what you really Damn. picked on. Well, stats tell you. You, 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 maths, you used to do maths, didn't you? Was that, was that, do you do maths? Uh, no, numbers? No, no, it must be somebody else. Do you remember anyway. Kung Fu, John? Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Athlete. But chances are you might be off there. Are you prepared? Are you, is your race plan to prepare? You're probably not going to share it exactly, but get out there and ride to rock. Watts, Watts versus, <laughs> you know, versus those girls, the, the girls up front are probably going to have a pace line going. Mm-hmm. And like Rennie last year, you know, she rode by herself and then ran. And I, I know you ride to power. Um, but is, yeah, what's, 
have you sort of planned for different eventualities, whether you're going to be with, with others or whether you're going to be solo? Certainly. I mean, you, you think about where your strengths lie and where your weaknesses are. And, and realistically, yes, you're right. I'm probably not going to be tapping Jodie Swallow's feet through the <laughs> swim as much as I'm sure she'd love it if I was there. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, realistically, I'm, I'm not going to be right at the front of the swim. So my swim is improving, but so... Again, I'm cautiously optimistic to see what will happen on race day. Um, but, I, again, until until you come out of the water or, well, until you yeah. realise when you're in the first pack or the second pack or off the pack completely, yeah. um, you just deal with that on race day. So, um, certainly, I'm prepared to, to not be on the very front of the swim. Yeah. Um, and then that immediately means that you are either then, you either then choose to play catch up on the bike and, and put out some serious watts to try and get on the back of that pace line yeah. um, or get in amongst it in the pace line. Um, or you cycle within your own, mm. strictly to your own power and mm. uh, take a very steady approach to the day. So I think I'll see, certainly I'll see where I am in terms of time deficit and make a decision. But certainly I've been putting in the training to do some hard work at the start of the bike to make some progress up towards the front pack um, oh. and see how I come out with that. Last question from me. Yeah. Who's, who's going to win the means? Top three. Ooh, uh, Bart um, yeah. Arnott's, I think, is uh, certainly going to feature this year. I, well, I certainly hope he is. He's certainly shown some very good training. Um, Sebastian Keenley, I'm a big fan of Keenley on the bike. Um, I'd like to see him do well. Um, and I suspect... Uh, oh, I hadn't prepared for this question. Uh, I don't know. I'll give you a top two. Top yeah. two, yeah. okay, nice. <laughs> And maybe just tell us if people want to follow you or anything about the team that you want to get out there. Certainly. Um, you place BMC uh, Twitter page and Corin Abraham Twitter. Nothing too complicated there. Um, Facebook is always very active for the team and for me personally as well. So, so yeah, check them out. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yep, we love that. Love your work. Great to be here. Thank you very much. How do we get a free pair of these? That's what we want to know. You or buds? Uh, I use these at home. John, D Dave uses these at home? Yeah, they're great for on the road. Because you can hear stuff, but it gives you good, good okay, value. Who, who are we talking to here? Who's my sales rep? Come over here, mate. Come over here. Come here. Designed never to hurt or fall out of your ears? Yeah, the company was started by a 24-time marathoner and a triathlete. So these guys were going out and working out for six hours at a time, four hours on the bike, two hours on the run. And at the end of these workouts, they noticed their ears actually hurt more than the rest of their body. So then they took medical research from Washington University and designed these earphones that are ergonomically designed never to hurt or fall out of your ears. I have to say, Would you, like to you need to get paid more because, again, that was a good sales pitch, wasn't it? For on the bike. These are brilliant for on Dave, the bike. Dave, stopping the sales rep. You're busy asking questions. Sorry, ask questions. I'll give you the $20 later. No <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see you've got your uh, Apple. Are these Apple earphones? Yes, I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I would love to do is give you the comparison test. Okay. Yeah. So here, maybe. I'm getting a comparison. <laughs> you can just uh, take one out. Let's see. What I'm going to do is I'm going to size you up. So uh, these are actually, um, we have all kinds of sizes, anywhere from a size 4 to a size 10. And what I'm going to do, if you look this way, I'm just going to measure your ear so we get you the right size. It looks like you're a size 5. It's just small as he. <laughs> actually, the 5. Ear type, ear. That's what she said, I don't know. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So we're going to start out with size 5. How does that feel? It feels locked and loaded. Right, there you go. So you can do backflips, you can do somersaults, you can go and run for six hours, and these are guaranteed never to hurt or fall out of your ears. Okay, so if people want to get some earbuds, where are they going to go? Um, they can either visit us at yourbuds.com. Um, we're giving a free pair out to every single athlete that's racing on Saturday. Oh, we're not racing. Oh, I got media pass. Uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we can definitely hook you guys up today with some free earphones. There we go, that's what we're going to hear. So more importantly, um, I do notice the brand has become quite big. Like I know I'm in New Zealand, and uh, and we're in New Zealand, even in like, like Rebel Sports, big sports shops now seem to have this brand, don't they? Great, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So the company was actually started in 2008, um, right in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and then so from 2008 until uh, 2013, it went from a zero in sales all the way to a 40 plus million dollars. Uh, last June, uh, Harmon Carden actually bought out our brand, um, and then now we're a part of a global global company, uh, six billion dollars uh, publicly traded. So we're very excited uh, just to kind of part. They need to give you a pay rise because you're killing us. Their assets, yeah. I'm sure Scott Molina has used these in the past. Oh yeah, I've actually had them in the past. I love them. Yeah, great. I, I love them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm surprised to hear because you've got the. Uh, the oh, I got an iPhone. I got an iPhone. I, you know, so. <laughs> I've got to give you a little bit of a hard time, right? Yeah, that's all good. Well, thank you for your time, mate. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we're, 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 one of the great things about the expo, Dave, is if you're hungry, you're not going to be hungry for very much longer, are you? You just come down to um, Bonk Breaker Nutrition and grab all their samples and just get all the food you can have all day long. It's great stuff. Okay, which one are you going to choose? Because that peanut butter and jelly looks pretty good to me. <laughs> go apple pie, mate. Okay, you apple pie and peanut butter and jelly. There we go. Love your work, Bonka Bars. Tell me, is it true that you guys have been swapping helmets? Yes. So, who's in charge? Who's the salesperson here? Who does the sales pitch? Okay. So tell me, what's the go with this helmet swap? So if you are running in the Ironman on um, Saturday, you can bring your old helmet in. It has to not be a Rudy brand. You're gonna trade it for one of our Rudy brand helmets. Has to be the wingspan, and you get it for free. That's a no-brainer. Let's do it. Oh, we're not racing. Everything is still 40% off. Oh, that, that's a good deal. So, guys, if you're here in Kona this week and you've got a helmet and you want to get yourself, which one is it? The Aero thing? This, this one, the wingspan. Wow, which is your, your Aero helmet, which is a pretty mean-looking helmet. We are running out, and a lot of people have been picking them up. Picking them up so makes, makes sense because it's a free helmet. Yeah, it's a free helmet as long as you bring us your old one. Okay, Rudy, you guys rock. I know. Thanks. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> Sponsor. Endurance Sports Travel. So, John, what's the next race on the calendar? What are the races we see coming up? We've got... Uh, Arizona. Arizona. Florida. Florida. And I don't know what else is left in North America. I mean, in uh, in Europe, there can't be much. And they'll be kicking off to probably Western Australia. Yeah. Um, endurance Sport Travel go there. And then, I guess, after that, then there's uh, then we sort of start rolling into Ironman New Zealand, probably after that. Yeah. So, so. if you are thinking about getting a late-season race in, mm-hmm. or you are sitting down and thinking about next year, because obviously, you know, you get to the end of your season, you kind of start to rethink, okay, where can I improve, and what do I need to do over winter, and what's my calendar for next year, you know, check out these guys, and you can kind of plan your, plan your year around them. And one of the challenges all the athletes face these days um, at you know, a vast majority of the races they sell out. Sometimes quickly, sometimes not so quickly. But um, one of the advantages of using endurance sport travel is not only do they do the travel, but they also have race entries as well. So yeah. if you haven't planned next year and there are races that you want to do that are sold out, then uh, this is a great way to do it, and you also get looked after nicely in the process. So check it out, endurance sport travel. Uh, they do seventy point threes as well as Ironman. So if you, you know next year. 70.3 is going over to Europe, so gonna, yeah, going to be a new location, and uh, it's in Austria, so I think it's Austria, um, yeah, so if you're an English speaker, if you're not English speaking there, that's no... Uh, that's actually a really good point, mm. you yeah. know, because 
some people have a little bit of lingo, like John mm. Bo last night with the German film crew here. Yeah. He, uh, he pulled out the German. He asked if you want to go to the train station, and that was pretty impressive. And, and I have a sister and, uh, and two brothers. Is that what you said, is yeah. it? Is that true? Ich habe eins Westens, zwei Brüder. What have you actually used that? You, when you were in Germany, did you? No. no. How, how come you know that? I, I memorized a phrase for, for third form German. Yeah. And uh, no matter what the question was in the exam, I was writing that down <laughs> where the hell is the train station? <laughs> So it's almost worth going to Germany just for me to pull it out. And, but, a, and a bit, I'm going to stand on the corner so they give me the right response. Nehmen Sie die erste Straße links and blah, blah, blah. Take the first left and right and whatever. Well done. Well done. So, so there you go. If you're not John Newsom and you can't speak the lingo of the locals, exactly. Um, endurance but travel, you know, having someone who can speak your lingo. Mm. I once went to Portugal and, um, and I couldn't speak whatever they were speaking, Spanish probably. Mm-hmm. I couldn't speak at all. And... Uh, and and I was kind of by myself, and I was it was a pretty, it was a pretty tough experience. And I was in a few shops at times, and I was like, "Does anyone speak English?" Like I was just yelling out at the shop for someone to help me. And you know, like if you're going to do a big race, you know, we talked about the stresses of race week. Well, if you've got something like the team of endurance sports travel around you, then you know it's really going to help. So check 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 it out. Endurancesportstravel.com. Okay, let's get back to the interviews. Good to go. Right, I think we might be the only people this week that pronounce the name of our guest today correctly. Well, let me try, because let's see if I get it wrong, because I'm pretty bad at names, but... Botzoni! John? Botzoni. Yeah, that sounds better. I did the the hand. Yeah, you got the hand and the botzone. Terenzo Botzone. Calzone. Botzone. Oh, Calzone. Botzone. Botzone. Yeah, the the two Zs just comes out like a... I can't, I can't read like Smith, so I know who with your name. Yeah. Uh, the best thing was in uh, I did Challenge Rimini earlier in the year, and I mean when you're in New Zealand, then someone says, "What's your name?" You go, "Terenzo Bozzone." Like what? Oh, Terenzo Bozzoni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in Italy, you go, "What's your name?" They ask what your name is, and you say Terenzo Bozzoni, and like what? Ah, oh, sorry, Terenzo Bozzone. Ah, like, oh, yeah, Terenzo. Yeah, it's a very nice name. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, Right, so Kona stuff here. Are we uh, not just talking about names? Oh, names. <laughs> who else? Who else? Who, who, what's the most interesting? I'd say you're up there. How do you, you have got a great name. It is a good name. Thanks, but you when you're younger, thanks. you know, like you, I'm sure you never struggled to get the checks, but let's be honest, the name never hurt. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, it probably was a little bit of a hindrance, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, really? yeah. Oh. Just, yeah, it'd be that guy because, I mean, not many people can say my name. So, oh, yeah. Did you have a nickname then? Just T. Was it T Bone? See, yeah. I've got a guy called um, Tugbana. That's my name, Tugbana. Tugbana. He's a Samoan guy, and we just call him T. Yeah. T, yeah. yeah. Just shorten it up. Starkwitz yeah. is quite, quite like Starkwitz. Yeah, it's, it's quite, quite cool. Yeah. Quite Rapster or Rapster. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Cormac's not so sharp, let's be honest. <laughs> well, Aussies, Aussies, they're all the same, their yeah. nicknames, don't they? Yeah, mate. Mac, Crowy, <laughs> but and me on the end. Right, yeah. so we, we will talk a little bit of kind of stuff. Um, I, I think it's a few people are wondering, you know, you're a 17.3 bloody legend, um, and you've come back into form this year and had some great results. Yeah, um, what's the motivation to do Kona when you're such a good 70.3 athlete? Well, for me, Kona is the pinnacle event it's it's where the legends are made in our sport and and my goal is to i mean is to leave my mark on on triathlon and i've i've achieved a lot of things i've won won a bunch of 70.3 races uh, 70.3 world champs in 2008 and while it would be great to add a few more 70.3 world titles to the name 
uh, Kona is is what's missing from my resume, and and it is something that I would really like to tick off before my career is over. And I know it's going to take a lot of learning here to to be able to achieve that. And uh, and this is just the start of putting in that groundwork again. So um, we interviewed a number of guys who are potentially not winners this year, and they're they're saying you know there's, there's sort of two races on here. There's there's the race to win, and there's the race to have a a solid learning day, be, be up in contention. Everyone's us, taking my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the way you're approaching it in terms of I want to do really, really well, but if things go nut bar on the way up to Harvey or something, I'm going to do my race. So how, do, how do you approach it this year? Yeah, that's that's basically it. I And I think even the guys that, that are going, well, that, that are contenders for the win mm. they're approaching the race the same way there's there's no point going into the race oh I, i'm gonna win i'm gonna win and and make sure you're at the front the whole day because that's not healthy it's not healthy for for this race and uh, i mean in itu racing and you're alistair brownlee you can you can do that you can yeah. say yeah i'm gonna win and <laughs> go on the front and <laughs> and lead the whole day but realistically it's a eight eight plus hour day and and things are going to go bad out there. And, I mean, you could be riding up to Harvey feeling average. You could get a drafting penalty. You could get a puncture. You could drop your nutrition. And and how you handle those situations is what's going to determine the outcome. It doesn't – I mean, if you handle those situations well, you can progress into having a good race. If you handle them poorly, that could be the end of your day no matter where you are. So yeah. that's – yeah, for me it's just – how I handle those situations, how I how I can, uh, I guess, progress from setbacks and and take the most, uh, experience-wise. This time two years ago, you you're just coming out of your Achilles problem, weren't you? I remember I think you were in the boot when we were here last time two years ago. <laughs> it didn't seem to be phasing you too much. At the party, on was, I do remember the party was in good form, but <laughs> got some great crutch moves. <laughs> <laughs> so so how do we build from that? Because you know, like you've you know obviously you've got trust in your ability and you know how to get back and all the rest of it, but Achilles is a big injury mentally and physically how'd you get back to you know because you obviously got back to great form this year you know like what was the kind of process in within yourself yeah so Achilles surgery in September 2011 uh that was that was a pretty tough year I I I had the I mean my Achilles started playing up in April and I tried to keep racing on it until I mean yeah until basically uh August I tried to keep keep going and and uh it came to a point where I I wasn't doing any running but besides at the races really? and uh and so by the time surgery came around it was almost uh, eight months of of no running and then another three months off of uh running but it was the surgery was probably my best move because it was three weeks back on the bike and swimming and three months back running and uh if i had didn't done that in april i would have probably been on the start line at 70.3 world champs in in september but i uh i mean i kept trying to let it get better let it get better and and it never did and uh i mean by the time i started running again it was beginning of 2012 and and after having not run for almost a year it took a lot of work to to be able to bring that strength back up and i mean i i raced the whole of 2012 going what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong everyone's seems to have taken this big step forward and and i'm stuck here in kind of no man's land and uh I, what was it like mentally? Because you know, like I, it's such a confidence game, isn't it? It was tough, but I, I knew I, I knew I, I, I couldn't have 
gone backwards that much. I yeah. knew I, I knew it was just a matter of time. And then having my coach, John Ackland, uh, I mean, we assessed all the numbers uh, between races. And, and it was then that we kind of realized, okay, I mean, I'm fit, but I'm just not strong. I'm just mm-hmm. not running strong. And, and we focused a lot on strength work. And uh, I came back in August and started winning races. I uh, won Brazil 70.3, second at Ireland 70.3, uh, Miami won, Shepparton uh taiwan so it was just all of a sudden the 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 table had changed and uh and yeah i'd taken this big step forward and that was that was kind of yeah the the change so did you get a little bit frustrated with the fact that i mean it's you know like you're so successful at 7.3 that i mean gets probably too much of the weight of recognition no, I I think it deserves the recognition it gets. I mean, Ironman is the toughest one-day sporting event in the world, and and here in Kona, it just that with the elements, it makes it that much harder than just a normal Ironman. And this is where the sport was created, in a sense. And uh, I think I think it deserves that recognition. I think it deserves the the prestige it has about it. And uh, and while yeah, I'd love for life to be easy and smooth sailing every day it's it's not and i think those challenges that that we as human beings have to have to face every day and iron man's one of those challenges for me is something that that determines the person that you are and uh i'm, I'm enjoying this challenge and i'm hoping that that i can uh yeah work through it <laughs> what's you you we often look at the prize money and stuff for the, for the pros and we're just scratching our heads going, this is just crap, and how do you guys make a living out of it? You've been one of the athletes who's marketed yourself really well. I mean, yeah. what's what do you do to get your name out there a bit more and just get a bit more of a presence out there? It's the name. Don't answer what's <laughs> on it. It's checks. It speaks for itself. Uh, no, I, I have been very fortunate. I, I mean, I've understood from an early age that that sponsorship has to be a two-way street um you're not just a charitable handout you have to create value for those people that sponsor you and and i've been very fortunate i have a good team of sponsors and um i mean it's it's them that you that you that you feel that much pride for when you do well at races it's your family it's your coaches it's everyone who's who's been in your corner and uh and it makes those comebacks from those those trials and tribulations, those mm-hmm. surgeries, those injuries, uh, makes those comebacks that much sweeter. And I just, yeah, I mean, I'm just thankful that, that I can do this sport and, and make a living from it. And I just hope that, that, that it develops to a stage where more people can make a good living. And, and we've seen the sport grow hugely over the last few years, but uh, the, I guess the finance side of it hasn't grown mm-hmm. as much. And... I mean, there's there's more guys doing the sport, but mm. there's probably a greater proportion of those guys and girls making making a decent living, mm. not I, making can a I decent ask, living. You know, for those who, who most people won't know this, but you know, when you became very famous in New Zealand at a very young age, uh, you know, what was the TV program? Yeah, Celebrity Treasure Island. Yeah, no, but, no but not, <laughs> not even that. Like, it was it was that sports program that you kind of became a household name overnight, didn't you? And you're only about eighteen. Was it Sports, uh, sports Cafe? Yeah. yeah. So for those overseas who don't know, there's a program back in the day was called Sports Cafe, and it was a bit of an institution in New Zealand. And it was kind of every Wednesday night, everyone yeah. would watch Sports Cafe. And you went on, when, I think you were a junior. Yeah. And you went yeah. on Sports Cafe, and uh, I think Lana thought you were pretty hot. So, and <laughs> she, she was pretty hot. Yeah, well, she was pretty hot, so it was a pretty good compliment. But you became overnight this household name, didn't you? And what was it, what was it like at that age to get that much exposure? 
it was it was pretty surreal actually i mean it was it was a lot of fun yeah. and um that's a tough question yeah it was it was a lot of fun and, and i enjoyed it and uh, in a sense, it put more pressure on me to keep racing well and, and getting those results to to stay there. But uh, in another sense, it just I guess got the New Zealand public right behind me and, and cheering for me. And because you are really a household name in New Zealand, you like, 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 not stand up yourself, but most people know of Trinzo, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. you know, right. not just triathletes. Thank you. you. Know what I mean? yeah. Well, no, but you are. How, how, I don't. I've got to apologise. I didn't watch Celebrity Treasure Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was it? And how did you go? It's like a Survivor. I, I don't. Know, but how'd you? Yeah, go? like a mellow version of Survivor. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was cool. I, I made probably halfway through the show, and yeah. and Lana. Croft was on the show with us and and, uh, that was the year she got really sick actually with coral coral infection and um Oh, it was it was great, kind of meeting other personalities, New Zealand celebrities, uh, sports people, and TV personalities, and uh, yeah, I got got halfway through the charity I was involved with, and still am is uh, 0800 WhatsApp, and they they got a bit of money from from me lasting as long as I did on the show. And what is the charity? Uh, it's a youth line. 0800 oh, WhatsApp wow. is uh, yeah youth line for youth at risk to be able to call and and get counselling, free counselling service. Oh, cool. Um, and I guess I'm passionate about, about helping the youth out, so another charity is Life Education. Yep. I don't know, Harold yeah. the Giraffe, yep. you guys know. Yeah. Uh, I, growing up in South Africa, I was, wasn't fortunate to have the, the help of Harold, but uh, just knowing what, what Harold does and the, the lessons he teaches to to the youth of New Zealand it's, it's basically it's like cool. an educational tool that goes around schools isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a bus and it goes around teaching kids about life skills basically isn't yeah it? basically yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. um so any other things yeah you know, in terms of people following you or or anything that you're doing you know you've, you've talked about those those um causes that you're working with anything else that you're you're looking to get out there um, yeah, well, a couple things. Uh, website Terenzo.com has just been launched this year, and nice. um, yeah, it needed kind of a much overdue Update. revamp. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just yeah, Facebook, so social media stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter, and we're running. Uh, uh, <laughs> got a, it's like a kayak out here, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just running, trying to run regular competitions on on through those social media chan- channels. And at the moment, we have a competition where people can post a picture of our training and and uh, go in the. Well, yeah, whoever gets the most likes uh, wins a Polar V800 watch. Oh, is that what you got on there? Yeah, is this proof yeah, of yeah, 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 nice. nice. Hey, can I ask uh, thoughts on the girls' race? Sorry, thoughts on the girls' race. Well. um i i'm it's it's interesting like the girls and the guys race just the fields are so deep and so stacked and and there's there's no one that i would say is an out like who would you who who you would expect to win Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be a really tough race and Mm -hmm. when you got uh, marinda carfrey carolyn stefan leander cave um yeah and daniela rice and uh Ah, there's there's a bunch of them, and it's going to be exciting. I wish I I wish I could actually stand on the start line, uh, stand on the sideline, and watch the girls race and watch the guys race unfold. And mm. it's 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 I think it's important for girls sport to to have this caliber field, and I think uh, I think it's going to do great things for for the girls sport and the girls exposure. And then post Kona, what, what's your plan moving forward? I'll uh, probably hit up a couple races down in Australia, Australia. Um, Australia? November. Yeah. yeah, so I get get them done, and uh, that hopefully keep a little bit of form, a little bit of sharpening up for Challenge Bahrain. I see you doing that, are you? Yeah. So, yeah. so that looks like another amazing race, doesn't it? Yeah, I, had, I was fortunate enough to um, to to get to go up there earlier in the year 
for uh, one of the princes. He did a swim from Saudi Arabia to the Kingdom of Bahrain and uh, to basically raise awareness for for youth and let them know that anything's possible if you put your mind towards it. And and uh, that was that was definitely shown on the day by how much it took him 21 hours to swim and it was rough he was swimming into the chop into the current the whole way and it was just unbelievable that that he made it like everyone was just saying oh he was meant to make it by five o'clock he's he's not going to do it come three o'clock in the afternoon but sure enough uh, he just just kept swimming kept swimming kept swimming and uh yeah and and that was probably a, a big lesson for me as well and uh and everyone who was there on the day watching. So you so. must be pretty excited about the race because it's kind of, you know, like it's kind of catered to someone like you, you know, like the, what, what are your thoughts on the actual race itself? And how it's yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to it. Hot, hot weather, yeah. uh, fast course uh, at the end of the year. So, I mean, I had a good break in the middle of the year. So I'm hoping that uh, energy levels are still going to be up come, come December. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I travel well and I'm just looking forward to, to seeing if I can finish the year on a high note. Oh, good, good payday. Uh, it wouldn't be take, bad. Take that payday home, eh? Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we're searching for a Kiwi victory this weekend. Yes, so, come on. Uh, come on, Kiwis. <laughs> and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out there on the course. Cheers, guys. Good to catch up. So what's so good about Newtons? Everything's so good about Wow, that's the answer, Newtons isn't it? Everything. <laughs> so, so, so why would I want to choose a pair of Newtons? Yeah, because Newton gives you everything you need in a running shoe and nothing you don't. Um, everything that we do is really light put you in a more natural position and then when you land more midfoot forefoot because of that natural position we give you that extra benefit of our action reaction technology which is kind of like a mini trampoline underneath you so i hear that there's now there's a like are you doing a sales trip for these guys as well i just i don't use them but i know that uh, daniel mcdonald chris mcdonald yeah from the good daniel was his brothers in christchurch he um so the deal is that when they first came out there's a lot of calf issues but there's a transition shoe you can go from into the into the new full form now is that right so we've actually uh updated our entire line this year uh we've gone from four lugs to five lugs which has kept all that great responsiveness that that newton's known for but it opened it up to a wider range of runners and it also shortened the transition time nice nice and what's new everything's new. everything's new and, and everything good nothing bad that's what he said yeah we've actually we've we've uh we've launched three different Pop models, so Pop 1, which is our performance line, Pop 2, sort of the core trainer, and then Pop 3 is a performance-oriented shoe that gets you in the Newton brand. So. That's great. Well, cool. Good luck, guys. Newton, check it out. Newton, love your work. Thanks. Sometimes you go to an interview and you ask for the interview and people are very enthusiastic, and this man here is far from it. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, so what are you here doing this week? Uh, we we uh, sell these frames where we supply an additional finishers medal. We engrave the athlete's name and all their split times, and we ship it to them. Uh, you know, in about eight to ten weeks. So, so they get two medals, one over the line and, and another one from you. Yes, the exact same medal. I have the medal right over here that I show the athletes what they're going to get, and then I show them. No, that's last year's medal. For right. example. So what they've got, guys, is they create these really beautiful plaques, and they have the medal that you got this year, but it's a slightly bigger version, which they put... The athlete, this is the medal the athlete's going to receive when they cross the finish line, and we supply an additional medal in the frame, the exact same medal. So if you're someone who's done this big, important race in your life, you want something special to recognize that you'd want to buy one of your plaques? Yes, definitely. Everybody loves this. It's a great product. People love it. And they hang them on the wall. I have people that buy it once, and sometimes I have people that buy it every single race. 
Can I, can I ask, uh, do you get a huge amount of interest this week? Yes. Oh, tremendous amount. Yes, a tremendous amount. It's it's a lot of, you know, people are doing it and, you know, they deserve, They you know, they, they earned the, the right to do this race and they want everybody to know that. So they can hang this frame with the extra medal and everything in their office or in their home. It's a great conversation piece. Yeah. Hey, where do you live in the States? Uh, New York. Can't you tell? New York, New York. So you're going to go have some coffee. I have coffee. Coffee, coffee. I'm from 33rd and 3rd Avenue. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? One last question. What's it like working in Kona and sitting in bloody sun all day? Oh, it is brutal this week. This is a this is a tough week. It wasn't like this last year. I don't remember it being like this last year. It was. It's very hot and humid. Do you find that um, people do Kona more? By more plaques because Kona is a more special race? No, not at all. I find more, uh, a lot of first timers do it. A lot of first timers buy it on other on the regular races, and we, because we'll also engrave first Iron Man and things like that. So, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for your time, mate. What's your website? Huh? Website. Uh, it's Fun Memory Graphics Inc. Love your work, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I, I probably had the best ever interview I'd ever done ever on the show this morning, and it somehow got lost in production. And so, luckily, I saw the two legends that are uh, Tour de Force. Call, call, and we've got BJ. So, uh, how are you feeling today, guys? Uh, feeling like the people's champ. <laughs> Just hanging out, uh, knocked out that aquathon. I dominated, and I was shooting for dead last, and I secured that position. I love the, the confidence you went into it with. You know, like you know, just not many people can pick where they're going to get, and it takes it takes a legendary performance. Yeah, no, it it uh, it was hot. It was. Uh, I, I thought I was going to die heat stroke just a half mile in, and that's that's the halfway mark. Uh, but uh, pulled through, and uh, yeah, that's uh, it was you that got me to that finish line. I have to say, strategically, he was quite wise because he actually carried a water bottle with him. It was it was very wise. And how are you going, PJ? Not too bad, not too bad. It was uh, good times this morning watching you guys go crazy out on a lee drive. Yeah. Uh, everybody giving you some wild looks, like what the hell is going on? You know, you got everybody at serious business down at the pier. I mean, it is a madhouse. And then there's some yahoos running around in their wetsuits kind of, get out of my way, can't you tell there's a race going on? Yeah, it's pretty wild, but it was good times. I think uh, it helps lighten the mood a bit, kind of calms everyone down so they don't get too overly excited. And is this the first time to the Expo this week? Uh, yeah, we came last night after the Parade of Nations. Uh, we, we unfortunately uh, have to represent for the U.S. because apparently nobody wants to show up. We're from Salt Lake City. So really? Really? Yeah, so we make specific shirts for Utah and uh, hit the expo after that. And, uh, yeah. So there's no, hardly any Americans turned up to the parade night? It's, it's really embarrassing, honestly. Uh, you know, you've, Team Australia, New Zealand, Argentina, everybody's got Germany, massive crowd, shirts that match. U.S. athletes, how many? 700 some odd participants. There's about 40, 50 of us in the parade. No matching shirts, just kind of a ragtag thing, except for Utah, of course. Well, Utah, the Jays. Is this all the Jays? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, we don't want to brag or anything, but uh, we're kind of a big deal. Yeah, I didn't deny that. I I knew that already. Last question. Um, What's the highlight of the expo for you? Uh... The whole atmosphere, the whole culture, uh, getting to see all the, the the latest and greatest gear, getting to see all the greats that are they're going to be racing it, all the uh, age groupers that have uh, paid us a dear price to, to get here, and uh, yeah, the, the whole culture, and it's it's on the big island in Hawaii. There's nothing better than that. Here we go, and for you, BJ. Uh, you know, for sure, me is just you bump into the who's who of triathlon. I mean, it's still pretty a small sport, but for some reason, they all come here. Yeah. 
I mean, from my to you ranks to Ironman ranks, everybody's here, and it's just kind of cool to see. Well, good luck this weekend, and good luck with your your partying hard on the weekend as well. Yeah, see you boys. So, so we got the guy from Salt Six here, and big week for you. Uh, big week for me, getting people all salted up, ready for the race, and ensure that their uh, safety uh, is concerned, and as, you know, in the race that their safety is taken care of. And what, what do you do this week? You, you obviously lots of mingling and kind of business stuff as well? Yeah, I don't have an expo booth or anything. I think the most important thing is being on site, ready to help athletes, uh, working with a lot of the top pros and pretty much anyone who comes up to me with a question or something, trying to help sort through their nutrition yep. and just having product available at the retail shops and support the retailers because, uh, you know, they're here as well to do the best they can to help athletes. Yep. And so for some of the top athletes, do they all use your product or not? I can't speak for everybody, but yes, I do. Quite frank, a lot of them do, and uh, there's some that uh, I publicize on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. They use it very publicly. Others just use it, and you know, I can't talk about it necessarily, or I don't know that they use it. Um, but the fact is that it's it's a pretty very it's a very small product category that fortunately doesn't have a lot of competition, yeah. uh, and so they're not in conflict with other sponsors, so they can use it without feeling. You know, like they're conflicted in that sense. Oh, well, good luck for the rest of the week. Love you, Appreciate it. Righty ho, number three. What's number three? Yeah, number four. Yeah. Bloody hell, we're setting records we're here. On fire. <laughs> um, at the team new place is Liz Blatchford. Welcome along to the show, Liz. Thanks for having me. Been a bit, a bit of a different year for you this year, I guess. Last year, how did you feel last year coming into this race when you'd uh, spanked it at Ken's? You'd had a little bit of battle there with Gina, I remember, and then you went to Montreal Blanc. And then you lined up in Kona and got third place. Obviously, you weren't feeling that tired, but um, how has this year differed for you? It's really different. Last year was, um, I guess I was completely under the radar. I had zero media commitments or sponsor commitments race week. And I just could do my own thing and chill out. And that was, it was pretty cool. Um, this year's a bit different. I've got a few more expectations and media commitments, but nothing that I can't handle. Um, it's yeah, it's fun coming back to a place where I did so well last year and had such a positive experience. So hope I can replicate this year. <laughs> How does it change? You know, like it is one thing to be someone who turns up and under the radar and you kind of dictate your own experience. Whereas, as you say, you know, the eyes are on you a, bit, a lot more this year and you've obviously got team commitments as well. How do you manage that in a way that, A, I make sure I'm still going to be fresh for race day, but B, make sure I'm doing enough of what's required of me during this week? Yeah, I think um, my, the team's been really good, like organised, letting us know in advance, plus having this one team day where pretty much all our team commitments are compacted into a few hours. So that's fantastic. And then all the sort of major media places have been really professional too and they contact you in advance and I think you just need to draw a line and decide which ones are important and just take on what you can handle. Talk's really yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. remember future yeah. reference. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget it. Um, Maybe give us a contrast versus your ITU days. You know, you used to be um, on the ITU circuit. Now you're on the long course circuit. You are with the team now. Um, but how does it differ compared to you know ITU days? Yeah, it is really different. I think um, as an Ironman athlete, generally it's an older crowd. As you know, um, you're more autonomous. You're making your own decisions, um, deciding which races you do. ITU is very controlled by the federations and that's great for that point in your career and especially as in the younger younger stages but um i think that got old for me mm. you know i did it enough years and, and i don't regret any of my time there but um i was ready to move on and i'm enjoying this sort of self you know self decision making and that side of things 
are you back racing for Australia now? Is that right? Yep, that's Ooh. right. Back on the Aussie bandwagon. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, and where do you base yourself? Um, Gold Coast most of the year and a bit of time in Boulder. Mm. And who are your training hacks? Who do, you, who do you spend most of your time out there training or do you prefer to train solo? Um, so I'm coached by Matt Steinmetz mm-hmm. out of Boulder. Um, so he sets my program, but in Australia I train a lot with Emma Moffat, a little bit with Ash Gentle and a few other friends, Callum Melwood a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Boulder there's just hundreds of athletes, so yeah, like a bit here and there with a few other a few people. So yeah, make it work. How do you find the Boulder thing? Because some of the feedback we get from pros over the years has been that you kind of get caught up in, in the Boulder experience. In some ways it can be a little bit detrimental. Uh, have you found that? And if so, how have you navigated through that? Um, no, I haven't found it detrimental at all. Like... Um, I travel with my husband every year when we go to Boulder so I can always take that chill time to just hang out with him and there's athletes to train with if you want to but you can also go right out there on your own and um, yeah I don't find it detrimental it's plenty of like-minded people but just immerse yourself in it as much as you want to. And what about the whole um, movement at the moment to to have uh, equal girls on the start line Um, and how do do you feel about that do you think it's a good thing or are you happy with the way it is at the moment? Um, yeah, it's not really a movement. It's not happening. Right. Like next year, they've announced we're, they're keeping it the same. So oh, they've, been, they've already announced next year. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I think the women's field is definitely getting stronger and deeper and, you know, it's becoming so hard to qualify as a woman. I'm not saying it's not as a man, but I think we definitely need to move towards equal numbers in Kona. Um, whether it's a graduated thing, you know, maybe 40 women next year and then become equal after that. Um, but, yeah, the, the way it stands, I don't think... Like I was on the receiving end of it last year, having to do two Ironmans after, you know, within a couple of months to try and qualify. And yeah, I just think it needs to become more equal. Um, I don't really see why not. It's it's not taking away from the men to add more women. Um, so yeah, I don't see do, why not. How do you feel about the kind of the place of the sport right now? Sorry? The place of the sport. Like, how do you feel? What kind of condition do you feel it is to be a pro in Ironman right now? Um... Things like my team, that's fantastic and that's a real step forward for us as professionals but there's definitely things on the Ironman side of things that could be improved and they're kind of the obvious things. Um, The first step that they've made about making the races uh, a few less pro races next year with more more points and more money, I think that's a step towards us being more professional. So, But yeah, I think there's definitely more things that need to happen but it's evolving. not perfect but yeah it's getting there if people want to follow you um what's the best way um i guess my my twitter and my instagram facebook all of that um my husband makes some pretty cool little videos so i'm always putting them up on my on my social media so yeah cool and, and lastly men's race picks on the men's race um you can't say bar hey, or not yeah, and yeah the rest, yeah. The rest <laughs> of your team well, team you place is awesome but some maybe maybe <laughs> someone else might win it <laughs> Um, I'd say Jan Fredino, like, he's just got the pedigree, doesn't he? So if he ha- has a good day out there and he can keep it together, he's definitely one to watch. So it's going to be Bevan Doherty, Terenzo, Jan yeah, Fredino. we're Kiwis, so we're biased. We've got it sorted. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for your time, Liz, and we'll see you out there on the race course. Yeah, Thank race. you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time. Cool. Hey Dave, just one thing I was slightly disappointed in. Got chocolate milk? Don't have any chocolate milk there. It's got chocolate milk. Yeah, but there's no chocolate milk there. Where is it? Well, that's the thing. We well, haven't got chocolate milk. I'm not giving them any energy. Hang on, there might be some in their fridge. But there's no free stuff. We, we, power bar, Jay, Dave, come over here. Come over here. Power, power bar. Now, power bar knows what they're doing. Because they don't say, have you got some power bar and don't have it there. Look at that. You want lemon? Lemon, lime, orange, mango, 
or you can have some some hard stuff down there. There we go. So power bar, they're, they're dishing it out. How are we going to power bar team? What did you say? How are you going? Good, thanks. And uh, and how are you finding being in the expo all day? How, is it pretty tough work? Been in the heat? Yeah. It's not too bad. You get used to it. You look, you look pretty cool. Yeah. Drink lots of perform. Oh, she's sharp. She's sharp. Hey, hey. There we go. Well, there we go. Power bar. We've got lots of power bar products. We've got the biscuits. Yeah. Oh, we've got someone here. Hello. Who, who's this? Noah. Noah, where are you from? I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Are you racing? I am indeed, yeah. First time here. How are you feeling? Oh, feeling pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Where, where did you qualify? Uh, at Wisconsin, uh, previous year. Oh, so, wow, wow. yeah. So, so, when's Wisconsin? Wisconsin's uh, September, like September 7th. So, you have plenty of time to know you're coming? Yeah. Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or, or what are the goods and the bads? Uh, yeah, so the good thing is obviously you don't have anything to worry about, plenty of time to, to get in, uh, but then it's on your mind for a whole, you know, yeah. 14 months basically. Yeah. <laughs> and how are you feeling about the race? Uh, feeling pretty good, trying to get acclimated. I mean, it was 50 degree temperature difference uh, getting off the plane here. It was thir- 35 and snow when uh, we got on the plane. So. <laughs> So how long before the race did you arrive? When did you arrive? Uh, we arrived on Saturday. So, we, oh, excuse me, a week out. And the experience is living up to everything you thought and hoped? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. It's been, uh, it's been great. Swim, the swims have been uh, just gorgeous out there from the pier. So the fish, eh? Hey, you got your family with you? Yes. And what's that like having them here? Uh, it's been good. They've been, uh, they've been going to the beach while I've been out uh, training a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, it's been nice. Expectations for race day? Uh... Probably go a little conservative, uh, not quite heat acclimated, so we'll see what happens. Uh. <laughs> Good luck and have an awesome race, mate. Love your work. Well done, Thanks, Dave, if you're not careful, you could almost put a bit of weight on around here, couldn't you? <laughs> All these snacks and stuff, it's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Because you and I aren't doing the yards this week. We're, we're, we're doing the yards talking-wise, but... Oh, that burns fat. <laughs> <laughs> we're burning fat the other ways. So we're walking along right now, we've got more wetsuits, we've got, we've got bikes and tries, and we've got Blue 70. We're going to talk to the Blue 70 crew, eh? Oh, Guy Crawford! Guy Crawford's in the house. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. I'm uh, doing well, sweating. It's like being in a hot box. Have you been here? <laughs> Do you know what a hot box is? You, you, when you're younger and you're trying to explore your mind? <laughs> combi van. Oh, combi van. Scooby snacks. Hey, so um, so you're here all day? I am here all day, unless I leave. Okay, so before we start talking about Blue 70, what's it like standing out here all day? Oh, it's awesome. I love it when the blood goes to my ankles and they swell and, the, and my ankles are actually bigger than my calves. That's, that's when I know I've hit, hit the top of the pyramid. I'm cheese then. I'm cheese. I'm not vegetables. I'm cheese. <laughs> You've hit that, that, that top of the pyramid. Hey, so um, Bruce Evany, what's, what's the big news for you guys this year? Well, we've just launched our PZ4, so it's a new swim skin for Kona. We've got bringing out a new swimwear range. Uh, we're bringing out a new wetsuit as well. So actually, everything's new news for us. And you've got the core shorts. And we've got core shorts, yep. Yeah. Helping those people with sinky lids, which is pretty much every male triathlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so I saw Johnny in his new orange wetsuit. Yes. And, and Chris McDonald's got an orange wetsuit as well. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more of an orange swim than anything else out there this year. It is. So orange is the new black. Oh. Is it yours? Well done, mate. Well done. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he could take it. And uh, orange is faster. So it's, a, it's a, actually a tighter weave uh, material. So it's the same textile suit. It's just a tighter weave. So it makes it a little bit more hydrodynamic and a little bit faster in the water. It does take a little bit longer to put on too. 
it does take a little bit longer. I saw John Newsom's performance at the pool the other day. Slightly concerning. It's it's hard here because he's sweating before he's putting it on. If we're back in New Zealand, it'd be easy. You just like, straight on. So what about yourself? You know, you've been racing quite a bit. We've seen your name on few seventy point threes and all the rest of it. And you did some Ironmans this year as well, haven't you? Yep, I did a couple of Ironmans. I went to New Zealand. Yep. New Zealand. Seventh. Yep. First person in the top eight without an Ironman title. I think maybe that's a poor reflection on me. Um, no, 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 you're stepping up. <laughs> and then Ironman Louisville, which was, it made Kona seem like the Ar- Arctic Circle. So, so hot. So hot. That was a hot box. And then and then I went to do Ironman Tahoe, but that got cancelled due to smoke. And then I thought... What was the general feel like at that time at the race? It was, it was really random because all of the pros were doing their warm-up and the age groupers are on the beach or they were warming up as well. And then with 90 seconds to go, we're all standing on the start line. So you think it's happening? Yeah, it was just normal. You're just doing the normal thing. You're picking your line at that point. All the guys are standing on the start line. And then he starts talking. I thought, oh, they're going to have national anthem or whatever. And then he just goes, yeah, it's cancelled. And due to smoke, hazardous conditions, poor health. Oh, I rambled on about stuff. And I was, you know, he's, he's going to joke. He's joking, joking. And then they just go, yeah, it's done. And we're all just standing there. It was really, it was like surreal. So I was like, well, might as well go swim the course. And then pack up and go home. Glad I, glad I came to Tahoe two weeks early to get used to the altitude and, and spend all that money. That was, that was, a, that was a good job. Oh, it was a great investment. Great investment. But, uh, I think it was a good choice, man. It was crazy. It would have been, it would have been like smoking two packs of cigarettes and doing an Ironman. Yeah. So. Okay, well, good luck for the rest of the day. Hopefully you don't melt away and those, those ankles survive. Good luck. <laughs> Orange is the new black team, don't forget That's it. it. Eh? Right. He looks like he's going to hand us money, Dave. Yeah. He's got some cash there. Yeah, he's oh, 20, 20, 20 bucks. 20 20 he's got the big bingers. Well, that's, for the, that's to wear a lot of less clothes that the underpants are on. Uh, to wear my underwear. Because they're going exactly. for the record this time, aren't they? Yeah, they're going for the world record. But it's a good cause. So it's, all, it's all a donation, isn't it? Yep, it's all, all good for a good cause. Special Olympics, I think is what it is. So we've got, we got Nick from the Juicinator. Tryjuice.com. Hey, Gamut, you're working for Endurance Sports Travel as well, aren't you? Yeah, I work for Ken. Uh, this is the fourth year here at Hawaii for working for Ken and my ninth race this year. What's, what's it like for you? Because, you know, like I look at those, like Ken and his crew, and you guys are working, man. Like, this is a big week for you guys. So maybe just tell us what's it like for you to, to work through a day on that kind of side of things. You know, there's a lot of hyperactive clients and you have to be cool calm and collective and 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 try to service all their needs so i mean we do all the transportation the airport pickups and all that kind of stuff and most of the time everything works great but you might have someone that doesn't have a wi-fi or does or or the washing machine's broken so you have to figure out ways to solve the problems to make the customers comfortable relax and so they can get on with their race you know later in the week and what's your plan for race day uh, race day after dropping off all the clients, then I switch, uh, put my hat on and become photographer for the day and shooting for uh, Triathlete Magazine, some special galleries and pros and stuff like that. So a busy week for you, mate. Extremely busy. Extremely Keep it on, mate. busy. Keep up the good work, mate. Good seeing you, mate. All right. Good to see you. <laughs> see you later. Okay. My first roving report is at the SIPO launch and we've got uh, Belinda Granger with us. Welcome along, Belinda. Always a pleasure. Right, people are going to wondering what you're going to do here because you're not on the uh, the 35 woman. So what are you doing in Kona? Well, you know, I actually missed Kona last year. We decided to stay at home, and I hated every second of being at home when I knew this was going on. Um, I'd been here the year before watching, and I love watching this race. And I've my desire to race this race is completely gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've done it ten times, and I've loved it. 
but when I came back for the first time to actually watch the watch the race, I loved it even more. So to be able to come back this year and watch the girls and the guys race, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's awesome. Uh, but you still been racing this year? Yeah, definitely still racing full time. Um, I'm very, very picky and choosy with where I race these days. I'm certainly not, you know, the, the athlete I used to used to be, but I still genuinely love it. And you know, I'm basing most of my racing now in Asia Pacific, and I love it there. That's where I started my career, so it feels very apt to finish my career there. Uh, I've got a few more races to go. Uh, I've got Challenge Shepparton coming up in November back home, and then also Challenge Phuket. And then uh, officially at the end of the year, it's. I'm officially retiring from full-time racing as such, so I will start to become a, a, a working woman, which doesn't sound so good when I say it like that. Um, but I am actually going to do a few races next year. I am still contracted to do uh, three or four races in the Philippines next year, which I'm really excited about because, you know, you can understand when you've been doing the sport for 20 years, to just go cold turkey, I, I think it would kill me. So even though Justin keeps shaking his head saying, you, you, you've got the longest retirement under the sun, yeah. um, I think it's, it's the best way for me to, to do it personally. So you're still race pro. Is there any age groupers that should be shaking in their boots out there? No, no, I'm definitely, you know, I, I started as an age grouper, so I've been there, done that. I, I started as an age grouper 21 years ago and worked my way up to, to racing professionally. So once I finish my last race, races uh, next year, then that's it. I won't, be, I won't be coming back to race age group. It's a bit tricky though, isn't it? Because I know this. You know, if people do want to keep racing, so I've got Trent Chapman in my age group, and I could sit here and grizzle and say, "Oh, he's the next top pro," blah blah blah. And um, but it's a bit tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I was actually quite disappointed to hear that some people were getting, you know, a little bitchy about McKeeley Jones doing the World Champs this year. I'm like, the woman's 44 years of age. She's been out of the sport for quite a few years now. I mean, what's she supposed to do? Come back as a 44, 45-year-old when she's been out of the sport for so long and race professionally? I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me. And I think if that bug's, if that competitive bug's still there or that fire's still there, then why shouldn't they be allowed to come back and race age group? And, you know, I'm saying that I won't do it, but, hey, I might get to 50 years of age and want to run a race and if I do then then I'll have no qualms coming back and racing age group it's where I started so if that's where I want to finish then I will but at the moment I'm quite content to, to finish racing pro and just just I'll always be part of the sport so whatever I do I will be involved in the sport of triathlon it's too much a part of my life to just give it away and and move on so um it'll just be a different role so what are some of the other things you're doing this week um you talked about uh the wits up I've seen it once or twice maybe if people want to follow you this week um where can they do so yeah, look, I'll definitely be on Twitter and Facebook all this week and uh, Steph from witsup.com and uh, also the other editor of Australian Triathlete Mag is over here and she's she's a really good friend and, and I think what she's doing for women in sport is, is truly amazing and she's just, I like to think of Steph as this enigma, you know, you just she's one of those women that you cannot help but smile when you're around she's just got so much positive energy that I I adore being around her she she rubs off on me if that's even possible for me to talk or get more excited than I already am Steph and I together it's like a whirlwind it really is it's like a like a crazy times but we've got the break the famous breakfast which I missed she did for the first time last year and I missed it because I wasn't here so I can't wait to be a part of that on Wednesday morning um and what's your take on you know there's been a lot of talk around the the girls having fifth or having same number of girls on the start line, and then I've seen you know people like Rennie saying, well, if you're not getting in the top 50, then what the hell is the point? You shouldn't really be here anyway. What's your sort of take on all that? Yeah, it's we've I've had this discussion in depth many a time over the last week or two, and you know the, the thing that gets me. I'm all for the women. Obviously, that's that's my passion is women in sport and seeing more women and, and watching how professional the women are today as compared to or the depth compared to when I started is amazing. Um, 
The reason I would like to see equal numbers is because at the end of the day, it's the world championship, it's equal prize money. So let's take it from a different perspective, and I'm going to, I'll probably cop, cop a bit of <laughs> wrath for this, but the men, there are 50 men and 35 women competing for the same prize purse, same depth. Don't you think that's a little bit unfair for the men? Don't you think at a world championship there should be the same percentage or the same... There should be the men should be able to make the prize money at the same percentage as the women, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. So if anything, I I've, I'd be pissed off if I was one of the male pro athletes because they've got less chance of, of making of cracking that top ten than the women. Now, for me personally, I think it should be equal. So whether it's whether they let the fifty women race or whether they back it off and only let forty five men, forty five women. I haven't done the statistical analysis. I haven't looked at to see whether we actually truly have that many women. But all I know is it is at a world championship and there should be there should be an equal amount of prize money and equal amount of people going for that prize money. And if there's not, then they should be making it... The only other solution is to make it deeper prize purse for the men. And I don't even want to go there. You know, I don't even want to go down that road. So for me personally... Um, I actually feel like the men are getting a short end of the deal here a little bit too. So I like to look at it from all perspectives, all sides. And I, yeah, I, I, I think it's um, how it is at the, at the current way, it's wrong. It's wrong. We could sit here and debate it for hours on end. <laughs> now we, we, we always like to get gossip from you and, um, and given you know, your focus is on the, the girls to some degree, um, maybe tell us a bit about your sort of gut feeling on, on what might be happening this year. Oh, look, the most exciting thing this year is that there's just no clear-cut winner. There's so many amazing women on the start list. Now, I, was, I, I sent a tweet to Jodie Swallow the other day saying that I honestly cannot wait for this show. I, you know, I've been waiting for it for the last month because there are so many amazing girls that have been in the sport for a while that have stepped it up this year. And then there's obviously a lot of newcomers, the shorter course, what we technically call the shorter course athletes, who have also come through and are stepping it up and are doing amazing things. So, you know... I still don't think you can go past Rennie because there really is no one in this field that can run like her. I mean, she runs as, as well, if not Boys better. Boys or girls. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, she runs better than most of the pro men. And, and I have no doubt that she's going to do the same thing again this year. And the thing with Rennie is she's such a quiet achiever. She's, she knew that she had a weakness on the bike. She's fixing it. Okay, she's not going to be in that lead group of girls, but that's what makes it exciting because it's, we're going to be counting the time between her and the, and the lead girls that get off the bike. And that lead group's going to be a lot bigger this year. Up. Girls like Daniela Reef going to break away from that group and have their own little group up the front with Caroline. I just don't know. It's, it's it, it, that's what makes it so exciting. There's just so many good girls that that could really could potentially win it this year. At least at least six six of the six or seven of them. It's great. Boys, any uh, any favourites there? Well, just discussing that on the way in on the airport. And the funny thing about that is. I mean, I haven't been, I only just arrived today, but all I know in social media, there just hasn't been that much talk on last year's defending champion, Freddie. And I mean, God, he's the defending champion. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't think you can really go past him as still a favourite. And it's working into his favour in that he, no one seems to be doing a lot of talking about him. Yeah. And he's just probably rubbing his hands together and going, sweet. And the funny thing is, I was just discussing this with my dad on the car on the way in because they picked us up from the airport. And who should be out there running back into town looking a million bucks but Freddie? Yeah. So um, I think he's definitely one of the number ones to look at. But obviously Jan Fredino, he's a class act. And even though it's his first time here and it's very difficult to win your first attempt here in Kona, um, he lives in Noosa. I see him train day in, day out. And he, he is probably the most professional triathlete I've ever come across. Um, he's just got such amazing balance, such amazing um, confidence. And because he does everything 
by the book. Yeah. You know, if, if German efficiency. Yeah, German efficiency. And you know what I like to call him? He's German efficiency with a bit of flair. Because yeah. there's a bit of flair about him. And I just, not only is he a, 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 such a delightful guy, he's just such an amazingly talented athlete. He always tries to tell me that he's, oh, it's not talent, Belinda, with me. It's all hard work. And I, I, I say, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he's got both. That's the thing. He's got oodles of talent and amazing work ethic. So that's a dangerous combination. Um, anything you want to promote that you're you're doing um, in terms of you know, I know Justin's doing some coaching or anything else that you guys have got going on because I know you did a, a camp at Tanyapura a while ago. Anything else on the agenda? Um, yeah, Justin's doing a lot of work for Macarex. It's been it's been a lot of fun. You know, the thing with Maca, he's just I, again he's one of those guys I can't help but feel good when I'm around him. He's just got the he's always he's the storyteller yeah. and he's always got the most amazing stories and you know. We, we, we often get together and we could talk about the past for hours. Yeah. But he's, he's got a really great group going. And, and the guys and girls that I've met from Macarex, they're bloody good fun. Yeah. You know, they're really genuinely nice people. And, and we've been, I've been getting on the Facebook site and obviously on the, and meeting up with them in different races around the world. And we have a ball. So Justin's really enjoying that. And he's getting back into coaching. And that's what he does best. Mm. I mean, he's coached me most of his life. So he's loving it. You can just see he loves it. And um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. You know the, the girls that are, that are getting into to the sport because of Macarex. Um, so we'll be doing a bit of work with them this week too, and with Witsup.com. But mainly, I'm here to watch the race and just to enjoy it from the other side. And I love it. You know, it's it tells me that I'm not just doing it because it's my job. I, I'm doing it because I absolutely love it. Yeah, love your passion. I'm sure Bevan will try to keep grab you on uh, on race days. So yep. thanks as always for your time. And uh, good luck to you. I'm looking forward to screaming for you on uh, Saturday as well. Good. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, darling. <laughs> Oh, I didn't get the yellow tag. I got the I got the I got black, black tag. tag. But hey, mate, these guys bring your shoes along and do it anyway, because this guy's doing mine right now somewhere. I haven't had a text yet. Okay, well, so wait a second. Let's back it up. Who are we talking to? Talking to uh, Boa Technology. My name is Brett Velatica. Brett Velatica. And what what is Boa Technology? Boa. Boa. Boa Technology, like the snake, is a uh, shoe closure system, mostly in footwear. Uh, we do a lot of other products as well, but mostly in footwear. Um, we're currently uh, in heavily inundated in the cycling category, which makes this tri-sport really good for us. Yeah. We're on a lot of specialized shoes, as you can see. Lake, Scott, Garnet, Garneau, Physique, DMT. So if you think about this at home while you're listening right now, you think of your triathlon shoes or your cycling shoes, and you've got these little wind-up kind of devices that tighten up your shoelaces. They've brought this technology into your shoes now, so you can just put your shoes on, quickly turn and go. Very quick in transition time. You think how long it takes you to tie a lace, maybe 20 seconds per shoe, maybe 20 seconds total. You can do both these at the same time, one-handed on each shoe, and you can get them done in three seconds. So you can get that 20 seconds back overnight. So the people at home right now, so like obviously people here can come and you guys have got a crew here working hard. The people at home, how do they get this done? How do you get it done? Well, right now we don't sell this to anybody outside. We don't sell this directly to the consumer. We're an OEM brand, much like Gore-Tex. You don't buy a roll of Gore-Tex and put it in your jacket. You buy a jacket with it. Very same thing with us. You buy a Zoot shoe, it's got boa on it. Or you buy a specialized shoe, it's got boa on it. So it's about buying the right shoes, basically. Yeah, exactly. you got to buy the right brands. But if you're at an event like this, like Iron Man and other brands like OR, or other events like OR, we put this on for free for you. Just bring your shoes in and we'll retrofit it for you. Okay, I love your work, team. My, Next time, hopefully, we get yellow. My shoes are here, getting done now. I wonder what that smell was. <laughs> <laughs> it just stinks around here. Okay, good. Thanks, mate. Hello, hello. Oh, well, you're, well, I speak way too fast. So, uh, we're going to have problems here. Your name? Uh, uh, Joe Tanaka. Joe Tanaka, and you're Sipo? Yes, Sipo, owner. And how long have you been doing this for now? Sipo uh, started uh, 2003 for R&D product development and started to sell 2004. Wow. 
This is the 10th anniversary. And uh, have you been to Kona before? Yes, uh, seven times. And, and you love it here? Pardon? You, you enjoy it here? Uh, much too, uh, very much enjoy. Yeah. I like it here. I cannot stop the rest long. So tell me, the new technology with the bikes, yeah. what's, what's new and what's, what's happening? Okay, uh, previous SIPO is a, a first priority is aerodynamic, yeah. very narrow. But narrow is sometimes no good point. Weight becoming heavier. And also, if we have a crosswind, narrow frame, uh, shape tube, no good. We did window tunnel testing uh, end of this last year. And uh, we understood frame shape design difference not so big. So we change the round shape. It's uh, easier to reduce weight. And also, uh, we can uh, keep more stiffer frame. This is good for athlete. In the past, narrow frame is very good for uh, stability. Yeah. But sometimes, the weak. Yeah. Uh, but this one, stability, stiffness, acceleration, the perfect. And uh, my first priority, triathlon, is, uh, sorry, I cannot speak the English. Uh, if, when we get the speed, no, no, speed, yeah. we can continue the speed. Okay. This is the first priority to run bike yeah. because we have to run yeah. after the bike. Some people misunderstanding time trial bike, triathlon bike is the same. But actually, time trial, triathlon is a different. Time trial is a 50 or 40k only bike ride. We don't need to run. Acceleration is most important for time trial. But triathlon is a stability and uh, keep the speed. Consistency. Uh, yeah, this is important. And, and Gina has got the, Gina Crawford's yeah. got the new bike. Yeah, Gina is riding the katana. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, very much like yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, thank you for your time. Keep up the good work, and uh, I'm sure you're enjoying the, the hot days in Hawaii. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. You, you're talking to us. That's what you're doing. We're, we're in. We're in. The, where are we? We're in the... Not that elegant. It's not a camera. It's a... It's a, it's a, it's a Either way. You've got a face for radio. Uh, we're at Race Day Wheels Velostop, official uh, bicycle store and wheel rental partner for Iron Man. So I imagine you are working your butt off this week. Oh, yeah. We, we do every week. So, but yeah, it's a little more pressure this week. Do you, do you get people who are a bit too precious? Say that again? Do you get people who are a bit too precious, as in a bit of a pain in the butt? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's standard. I mean, yeah, you know, you're used to it, though. Yeah. Tell me, how many sort of wheels are you hiring out, roughly? Uh, roughly uh, around 60 here. And so, again, more people tend to have uh, their own equipment to come into this event. And so we do less rentals here than we do at many events. But, you know, 60 is, is a good amount. What, uh, what sort of size are you recommending for people coming over here, racing here in the wind? Yeah, it, it really depends on your experience level and your comfort level with the wheels. Uh, if you have no experience with the deep section wheels, you're better off going a little shallower. Like what size? Like a 4 set. Yeah. And again, and, uh, as you get a deeper wheel, uh, handling is less predictable. And again, it's, it's, that's a hard question to say. It depends on people's comfort level. 4-4 is the easiest to handle. Still a fast wheel. You get to the 808-404 combo a little bit faster, a little harder to handle, and 808 catches the most win. Can I ask, first of all, what kind of price range are you looking to hire? Because you hire them out, obviously. So what kind of price range yeah, are you looking uh, at? A 150 for a spoke set, which is the only thing we rent here. We don't rent discs. Yeah. So everything is 150 uh, per set for the event.
And, and what's the process? So I, I, I go to your website, I book it in. Yeah, uh, you go to the website, you book it in, you reserve wheels, we bring them for you. Uh, you bring your bike by, we install uh, your cassette on the bike, adjust the brakes, adjust the gears, make sure it's in good working order for you. It's for 150 bucks. 150 bucks, yeah. And we do bring some extras, but again, that's kind of a lottery, and you're better off making sure you got what you need before you come. And are you at pretty much all races, or most races? Uh, North America, uh, Canada, and the uh, U.S., uh, we're pretty much at every one. If we're not at the event, we ship wheels for $10. Yeah. And so um, we can get wheels to you anywhere in North America pretty much. Can I ask, how often do your wheels get damaged? Uh, virtually never. Uh, it, it happens. I can think of two instances this year out of thousands of rentals where they've been damaged. Oh, good work. Keep up the good work. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, Dave, so we've just finished our, our, our expo experience. Dave, what was the highlight for you? Walking next to you. Oh, he's, he's, he's sharp. There's no denying In it. In your shadow. I have to say, getting my earbuds, was, I was pretty happy with that. Oh, it's good score, dude. Isn't it good score there? Because that, that's something I'll actually use, so that's pretty cool. Uh, pretty tr- traditional kind of expo team. you kind of got your food sections, you've got a bit of gear, you've got you know the people who are trying to promote something, maybe it's a little bit new, but you know, you're pretty stock standard. It's nothing... It's interesting that it's like, like we were saying on the show a few weeks ago, some of those big marathons where the expo is, is almost like a mall in itself. Whereas here, you know, you only got two thousand athletes. How much people will, how much are people going to spend? Is, you know, it will probably limit the size of the expo, but it's still yeah. kind of worth having a look around. I tell you what, though, the guy from Sipo, to have the owner talking to us about his design, his thinking, his research, that's pretty funky. Yeah, pretty cool. So it's Dave, uh, Doctor Feelgood, Doctor Feelgood, and Bevan James Oz. We're out from the expo. Okay, we now have the team manager, CEO. 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 No, I'm the owner, the owner. I'm not the CEO. Not I'm, the... I'm, no, I'm just the owner. <laughs> t- t- tell us your name and, and where you're from. I'm Bart uh, Ver- Verhege. I'm uh, from Belgium, born yeah. and raised, but uh, travelled all over the world, and um, I'm passionate by sport. So um, place is your business? Uplace is one of my businesses. I'm yeah. in several businesses, and um, Uplace is one of them, and... I started for me with triathlon uh, seven years ago. In my small village, there was a, a triathlon athlete, Bruno Clairbaut. He competed here in Hawaii already, um, who was a, a teacher at school. And he came to me and he said, yeah, I like to become professional. I need to train more. I was already good in the Ironman of Nice, but I like to be better there. If I can be professional, I can be, maybe win this. And I said, oh, that's, that's a nice story. I like <laughs> to support you. and I. I supported him with some money without any return for me, uh, but um, and he did well. He did well. He was four times fourth in this. Yeah. But after two years, um, Sophie Goes came also, and there were with two athletes. And then after three years, we, we were with six Belgium athletes. Rutger Beke was one of them. Bart Arnauts, um, uh, Tine Dekkers, mm-hmm. Sophie Goes. Uh, Axel Zeebroek and um, okay did by two years uh, we were with six Belgians competing we got uh, a, s- a small organization structure around the team and then from uh, two years ago we say let's go international and let's make the best team in the world wow. um, that's what we did with you place BMC triathlon team so what's the motivation for you you know we see some sports where Guys just love it, and they want to. They just want to be part of it. You know, Roman Ivanovich gets no return on the Chelsea football team. For you, is it about your passion, or is it about trying to get a return for you place? No, not at all about the return. But I was very clear to the athletes when. Um, to now we have ten, I think, top athletes um, compete. When we have a lot, the team went very well. 
but um, the whole goal I, I saw to them uh, you now you enjoy my my passion and my money and you can do your profession but you're only gonna be successful at the end if you don't need me anymore mm. so you need to perform very well and if you perform very well you're gonna attract other sponsors and then I become not longer necessary to support you mm. so that was clearly my goal I say if you it's by my will of that you survive it's not a good idea mm. um, maybe I'm passionate and I love it to do but I don't think it's a good story for the sport I think it's a good story for the sport if the team uh, can prove himself to be to be uh, worthwhile to become a real team and ret have a return on money for sponsors mm. uh, and then BMC came to us which is um, they are also in, in cycling so now they are in triathlon they are very happy and uh, we are open for other sponsors to join us and uh, to increase the budget. Mm. Uh, the management of the team is, uh, is to two brothers, the Wolf, eh, Ben and Bob. And they have a lot of experience now after five uh, years of doing it all together. We know we bring a lot of added value for the athletes. It's yeah. not only that they don't have to look up anymore for sponsors, for organization, for travel, for trainings, uh, for trainers, for everything. We are organize everything for them where they are in the world, in, from Australia to Denver to San Diego to whatever place. Secondly, we have a very holistic approach about um, following the athletes. It's not only by the training scheme that we follow, but it's also the food, the beverage, it's all nutrition, it's also about stability, it's a lot about uh, auto mental level. So we do a lot of things with these athletes, we bring them together in training camps, they can learn from each other. To learn the older athletes can learn the younger ones and uh, to, to transmit the best experience to the younger ones. So I think to, after one year with this 11 at this 10 athletes um, I'm really happy and it's going to be very difficult to to improve next season um, mm -hmm. because we, had, we are with seven from the eight athletes at uh, we start here in Kona we have got a lot of victories mm -hmm. so um, yeah it smells to more and to more sponsor and to become more professional can I, can I ask um, what do you get back like I know, there's, you know, we know it's not financial returns, but what do you get? Yourself? What I get back is that I have a heart for uh, sport. I am, I was a soccer player, and I'm, but I have also a soccer professional soccer team in, in yeah. Europe, uh, Club Brugge, which is a dominant Belgian team, and we play Europa League and so. So we are a mm. well-known team. Yeah. Um, and but for me, I have a lot of. Um, um, I feel attached to triathlon athletes because. The sport is so pure. It's so, it's so. Um, it's another atmosphere than professional football. Mm -hmm. It's more not relaxing because it, they are really professional. They like uh, they are cutting edge, but it's it's um, the atmosphere is more yeah more friendly. Mm. It's um, and I have a passion for through my father who was a runner and did marathons and then he told me and I was also running and I do some small and uh, quarter triathlons and so, but I have a lot of. Uh, yeah, I understand these athletes and I like to be with them and not with them, to speak with them, to tell about life and to tell, yeah, I enjoy it. So it's a passion. You participate yourself? 
Do you participate yourself? Uh, I participate in quarter trilons. That's, that's, but I don't have, the, unfortunately, the time to train a lot because yeah. my work is taking a lot of time. But I, I, I train. Today I did a swim and I did a, a bike and I did a run already this morning. So uh, I, did, I did a quarter trilon this morning as a training. Nice. Long term, what, what's the goal for this, this your team? Well, that's, this team becomes sustainable uh, in the long run, that we can increase the budget, that we also can um, add some more young athletes into the team. Um, but uh, the main goal is to is on Ironman, Ironman long distance. Sometimes we, like Hella Fredriksson and Will Clark, they are competing at a 70.3, but the goal is to be ready for the long distance. So, um, yeah, we are looking for... To, to broaden the team maybe uh, to bring more quality into the team and also to perform you can always do better in, in organization and everything um, and get the sport also more attractive I think um, I'm a bit disappointed in the broadcasting of the sport I think uh, that Ireton deserve better uh, than the existing broadcasting and um, I think if you can do there something about uh, to bring it more attractive like for instance in Europe you have the pro tour system of the bicycle races they transmit it one hour before the race and they also one hour after the race and sometimes it's a whole day mm-hmm. and you can see that a lot of people are watching it yeah. because and it's just yeah biking yeah. and they they have a lot of interesting people bringing in before the race it's with the cyclists and then during the race it's with old cyclists and they have a lot of commands and and people stay before the screen and they like mm-hmm. to see it and so it's if you can do that also in, in triathlon and you have this you can add the swim and you have the marathon uh, it's great mm. I think uh, we should try to do there something um, worldwide and um, yeah look I'd, I'd like to thank you for uh, setting up yeah. this team because great. we know that we need these sort of teams to lift the game of uh, of our professionals and we totally agree with what you're saying it's the sport's strong but the professional side needs some work so um thanks for creating the team and uh and days like today are perfect and good luck in your quarters thank you very much thank you thanks mate thanks awesome uh jumbo your thoughts on today's interviews nice lineup as we said in the intro the uplace team was uh nice and convenient for us and other media which was fantastic um yeah, I guess you've got Caroline there who is a a lot of people's favourite to, to win the race and can certainly do the business. You've got Terenzo, who, Terenzo, who's a bit of an unproven athlete here in Kona. You know, he's had one top 10 or somewhere around about 10th place. He got 11th, yeah. First loser. Yeah, but it was pretty tough that year because he was fighting pretty hard. We were yeah. here. We yeah. were here that year and it looked like he was going to get top 10 and he just unfortunately faded towards the so, end. So, yeah, he... <laughs> You wouldn't put much money on him, but he's the kind of athlete who could potentially yeah. win it. Um, yeah. But at Although, pretty it, long you know, the conversation he had was very much kind of this is a building block. So, mm. and then uh, Corinne Abraham, if she races like she raced in Melbourne, she's on the podium for sure and uh, could quite easily win this race. So, how much would the swim hurt her? Uh, her? When I was checking her stats, I think. She, in the past, she's lost as much as sort of five to seven minutes in the swim. Which is so big at this race. So she'll probably be, you know, she'll be over an hour, I would imagine. Um, and I don't, I think she'll ride solo anyway, so I don't yeah. think it'll matter too much. Um, but I reckon her best plan of attack is just to ride a steady day. I mean, she talked about trying to bridge up hard. I mean, if you're really close, then that's probably an idea. But 
again, she rides like she did in Melbourne. I mean, she rode past people like Caroline Stephan and that and Meredith Kessler and just kept on going. Yeah. So I would, if, if I was in her shoes, I'd just be settling into a steady day and just mow them all down and hopefully go past them on the bike. And, and she's a good enough runner to be right in the mix as well but you know she's got to use that weapon on the bike so really interested to see how she goes uh, she's had a building year from you know not not being very fast in Lanzarote and then winning uh, Frankfurt and uh, she's you know see she's on the upward curve so it's, it's, it's really interesting for those athletes like um, Corinne who you know imagine starting to swim and just knowing the pack's just going away mm. and how do you stay relaxed in a way that doesn't make you you know make unwise decisions moving forward because you know you're starting today really you're starting the main part of the race behind you know with a big handicap and so you know how do you make sure that that pressure doesn't get you in a way that makes you make risky decisions that ultimately hurt your race it comes down to your prep doesn't it I mean she's used to it that probably happens at every race for her so. yeah but every race is not the world championship field mm, you mm. know so it's it's, it's going to be you know some people can handle that well but it'll, you know you know, a lot of people at the front don't have to take risks earlier. And the longer mm. you can wait before you take risks, it's a different game. So it'll be interesting to see. Girls' race is going to be interesting. You know, when, uh, when if you heard Jodie Swallow yesterday, you know, she was pretty, well, not annoyed, but surprised last year that when she turned around out of the swim, there was a big group right behind her. And she's normally, you know, she, she's, she normally beats most of the males out of the swim. So I have a funny feeling that the pace is going to be a little richer on the swim this year, which could, uh, could break it up a bit. So as we've said all week, Nobody's really got a strong favourite in either side of it. Most people are picking Fredino and most people are picking um, Rini on one side, but nobody's sort of going out on a limb and saying, yeah, they're definitely going to do it. Jumbo, mm. how are you feeling today? Fine. Oh, and actually, I felt rubbish yesterday in training. Really rubbish. Oh, did you? So very flat and fat and slow and bloated, but that's, you know, not too stressed about it. Um, Any reason? Oh no, just I think the afternoon workouts, you know, so yep. you're sitting around all day doing doing stuff. I think that was the main reason, but not not too stressed about it at all. Yep. Day off today. Today's Thursday, so get all the kit together. Bike's gonna get serviced and uh just try to occupy my day. Go to Bike Works team if you want to get your bike service. If you're in Kona, they, they, mm-hmm. the problem, I need to go see them tomorrow, actually pick up my mm-hmm. bike. But would be a good idea. Um bike bike works guys, make sure you go to them. Um so then once you've got all that, just what chill? Yep, wives are arriving tomorrow. Yeah, got to keep them in line. Do you think? Yeah, does it bring a stress? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it is kind of a funny time for someone to have to come in and change your energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is something you have to be aware of, isn't it? They're kind of used to it, though. Yeah, well, you just need to let them know that they're here to look after you tomorrow, That's Sunday. Right. That's Sunday. You, you tell you brief them on the way in from the airport. You're doing okay. the pickup. I'll do the briefing. I say, yeah. look, ladies, please your men for the next twelve hours of your life. After yeah. that. Don't even care. But yeah. up until they start that race, you have one job. Yeah. No stress. Don't talk about your shopping. <laughs> oh, oh, two jobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll listen to me, John. I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they will. will. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just that. Uh, Bevan, you're living the dream over here. Loving it. Every uh, second. How was the couch last night? Uh, the couch was better. I had a better strategy last night. Yeah. See the chair? I put the yeah. chair there and I had my feet on the chair. Nice. It was a good strategy. So, uh, yeah, you know, like it's funny when you've come back. This is what our fourth time we're saying, mm-hmm, our fourth mm-hmm. time back here, um, doing media. It's uh, it's always, you know, you never you never get sick of it. Mm. And even like yesterday, we were doing Aquathong Challenge, and you're swimming in that ocean, and you, you know the fish underneath you and stuff. Obviously, I was working pretty hard as I was yeah. thinking about the fish, but you know, like and just it, it always delivers, mm-hmm. you know, and not just for the people who like myself who have been back quite a few times, but you know, everyone who you talk to. 
the person who's here for the first time. You know, I'm always curious about that week before, you know, what, what you know, is it living up to it? And everyone is just talks about how, you know, it just lives up to the experience. And and even the people who come back again and again, it, it doesn't seem that, even though it's kind of the same experience every time, mm. you know, like it's, you know, so even those people, every time they come back, they seem to just, you know, enhance or, or feel like the experience is pretty great. I will say that BJ made a really, which you guys would have heard, uh, BJ made a very interesting. Who's BJ? Uh, BJ Christensen, uh, oh, what, yeah. listener of the show. Uh, who's the tall guy? Bloody age group. Oh yeah, tall yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I interviewed him at the expo mm-hmm. because the one that I did in the morning didn't record for some reason. But um, so you guys would have heard it. Um, but he was talking about how it's really interesting how accessible the pros are and how lovely they are and how open they are and how you can go up and have a conversation. But how the age group is here probably take themselves way too serious mm. and in a way where there's that kind of like we know it's an important race and we know you know you guys mm. put a lot of time and energy into it but maybe they're lacking out on the maybe more of the Fun. social side of the sport yeah. yeah yeah you know like it's it seems that a lot of people are kind of a bit too focused on their own narrow experience that they maybe they're missing out on some of the experience that could be quite cool mm. so so that was his kind of insight and i thought it was quite a good insight john nice you know so Anything else? Okay, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. You got nothing. I've got nothing. Are you going to be entering American Ninja anytime soon? Phil and I watched American Ninja last night. The <laughs> European Challenge versus the no USA versus the world. Yeah. The Europeans, you took it out, guys. Took it out in the last challenge. Nice. 0.3 of a second. It was interesting, but we were watching it, and because uh, on Friday night in New Zealand, there's nothing on TV, and so occasionally oh. Joe and I will play cards, and occasionally in the background we'll have American Ninja on just because there's nothing on at that time, and. Um, it, you know, so it's a pretty crap show, but it's, it's you know, it's kind of entertaining enough. But I was, we were talking about it, weren't we? We were still kind of saying, actually, that's triathlon's competition. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about, you know, American Ninjas gets way more following than bloody triathlon does. 2020 cricket. Yeah. Sevens rugby. And I was going, well, short. well, how does triathlon become this? And you said? Uh, for Tui's Blue for Formula One series like they used to have in Australia. Yeah. If they put that format in that kind of American Ninja format. Mm. You know, you could definitely make more stars and, you know, because mm. there's the thing about the ninja show is if they actually only compete for bloody, you know, mm. bugger all of the show. It's more about the hype around it. Mm. So, so yeah, so I'm going to get my, my American Ninja outfit today. I'm Bevan. I, I know we're dragging this out a bit, but what about your idea? Oh, this is actually a good idea. And, 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 okay, so we were talking to Dirk post interview yesterday. And I was talking about, you know, and Dirk Bockle's uh, interview's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, and he's great. Dirk's great. And, and the thing is, there's a level of insight we get here that we can't really reveal to the audience. You know, after the interviews, pros will tell you stuff and you kind of, you know, you've got to go, well, that's, you know, that's kind of under discretion. Sorry, we left the mic on. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, know, the, you know, there's a responsibility to, you know, the ethics of media as you're kind of doing that stuff. And Dirk was just, he wasn't, he didn't really say anything like that. But it was just interesting. He was talking about, uh, you know, how no pro is really creating a union. And this has been something we've talked mm. about a lot in the sport. So how for many years, you know, I think when we first started, who was the guy years Olaf ago? Shabustus, I think it was. Yeah, he tried well, to set one up. When we first started the show, because we interviewed him about mm. it, didn't we? And, and it went nowhere. And it basically, one of the reasons is, is that most athletes are so bloody time poor and tired and, and actually have no money anyway. So mm. it's, um you know, so the idea of a union is an important thing for the pros to have their say. And I know WTC say, well, they've got you know a couple of representatives, but mm. if, if the whole pros had a union and had a legal team and had, you know, people who were putting PR out for them, you know, and doing the work that would take for a union to actually be effective, you know, maybe they would have a better stance in the sport. And one of the feedback you get from a lot of the pros is that, well, you know, 
we just get what we're given. And, mm. you know, like the females next year, it's going to be 35 again. Mm. And, you know, they can say what they think, but it's not mm. really making any change. So my thinking was, well, okay, we know the time poor. We know most pros probably haven't got enough money to kind of devote 5% of their winnings towards, you know, mm. a pro-type union. So I thought that maybe a way around it was, I'm not quite sure how much money they say, but let's say they needed a million dollars to to actually fund a good lawyer team, a good mm. bunch of people who could work pretty much full-time on being a union for the pros. Now, pros can't afford it, but what we could do is they, they could coordinate to get a sponsor that would sponsor the union. Mm. But in doing that, the sponsor, every pro would have the sponsor's logo on their outfit. So mm. let's say Blue 70 becomes the sponsor of... It would of, have to be a non-industry sponsor. Would it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so but let's say you get some, I don't know, like, like a U place. Yeah. Yeah, so like you place who's going to sponsor the whole the the, the union, mm. and for them they give a million bucks a year, and the million bucks goes towards the funding of the union, and you know the coordination. Because that was the thing about the guy from you Bart from you place, that you place team they're getting a good deal, you yeah. know, and and you know, I'm sure he plays nothing in comparison to what he pays for a soccer team. Yeah. But the thing about it is just the professionalism. Like even like he was saying, you know, they, we do their travel, we do, you know, it, mm. they take a lot of the thinking out of the, the organisation of the sport. So if we had a person like that or a team like that doing the, the triathlon union, sponsored like a U place, and every pro would give, you know, a good sized portion of their top mm. and and on their websites and stuff like that. So the, the return on the investment for the sponsor is actually a pretty wicked return. Mm. If you had every pro in a sport having the U place logo, mm. now U place probably isn't the best example because they're not necessarily wanting much. Return back, you know. It just mm. seems like Bart's a good guy, but if we had that in our sport, then this way we could fund the union, which in the pros have more of a say. The sponsor would feel they're getting a return on investment. It's not just helping out for the helping out sake, mm-hmm. and you know we could probably see some change in a good way. So good. Just need someone again. It's always about getting someone to drive it, and then get it, get it across. Start get it well, kicked the, off. But the thing about the idea is that. For a sponsor, it would probably be a pretty good return. If you had every pro mm. and, you're, and you're on their website and, um, and you know, again on their top, geez, you get known pretty quick. Mm. You know, so the return for the sponsor. So if you're a sponsor out there listening to the show, contact maybe, uh, Bevan at uh, well, maybe podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Do it, Bockle. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, but again, you've, I, I don't know. If you're a pro, John, mm. and I approached you and I, was, and I wanted to go ahead with this. Mm. Would you be willing to do it? Yeah, again, I, I think the only way it would work if it was non-industry specific, so HSBC or, or I don't know, some, something like that, you'd never get Blue 70 because then everybody else is sponsored by a yeah, yeah. two company. But um, no, I'll be all, all, all in for it. And you would, uh, you, but the thing is you wouldn't get all the pros, but, you know, as long you as don't you... don't think? Uh, like, who wouldn't do it? Why wouldn't you do it? I don't... It just... Some people just don't think the same as us. <laughs> Yeah, with us schmucks. Yes, schmucks. <laughs> schmucks. If you don't, because so. to me, this is a bit of a no-brainer. There's no time cost. Yeah. There's the, the only cost is you have to put a logo on a top and a website. Mm. You know, and maybe do a tweet or something every so often. You know, for for that cost, the because you know one thing that we, you you know Duke was saying to us, he was saying that you know the, one of the problems is, is that when you get older in your career. You don't necessarily want to do the work because you kind of think, well, if I'm doing the work now, it's for the guys tomorrow who gets the benefit mm. of my work. Mm. Whereas if it's just me putting something on my top, I'm like, oh, that's easy enough. I'll, I'll mm. jump on board, mm. and you know maybe I'll get some benefit from it. So I don't know. I just thought that it was, I, I, there was an idea of it, and I actually thought it was going to change the world. Good, it's good. Yeah. Write, write a book about it. I, I, it could be my book number two. Book yeah, number two. Book number two. There we go. 
Okay, guys, so today's show, so we're going to get tomorrow's show up a little bit earlier in the day because you guys, so you can listen to it before race day. Uh, once again, on race day, we will not be releasing any material on race day. We're not allowed to just basically because of the media rules, but we can do a lot of interviews. So on Sunday or, or Sunday, you know, Hawaii time, I'll release the this, this post show pretty early in the morning so you guys can hear all the interviews and and we'll put all the media stuff on today. Today, actually, we are off to the media conference. So You're uh, off to the media yeah, conference? Yeah, I did see your scheme there, didn't you? Hey, <laughs> hey, put the lunch on when the media conference is on. So, A, you don't have to do the media conference, scheme it. B, I turn up to lunch late. I know. Oh, it's the I'll leave love. You a cup, a cup, I'll, I'll leave you a bowl full of mushrooms. That's yes, right. Mushrooms are food. I don't like the fungi. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go, John. Iron Rass. I'm into it. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.